like you're so naive. You go to Bankwest. I'm a part owner of uh, an oil business. <laughs> and they're like, how much do you own? And you're like, 0.001%. I'd like to increase that stake. Here's some of the financials. I'm looking for a $12 million loan. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you. Hey man, how you doing, dude? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, oh mate, I'm so angry. <laughs> I don't think you've start not started an episode saying anything other than I'm so angry in months, dude. I'm just I just can't explain how frustrating the ASX is. I mean, like <laughs> I, I know you obviously I recommended IPB. And it's drifted from three cents and it made it to, what did it make it to today? Fucking, it made it to 5.6 cents. And then, um, then the, someone went to work on it and just sort of pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. But I just, I just can't understand how long it takes for things to get fairly priced. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is the ASX so dumb? I mean, they had a deal today, right? So we've been waiting to. They had early estimates on this oil play, and it's uh, it's a not uh, a billion dollar NPV. Best case scenario, worst case, you know, a couple of hundred mil. The only thing holding it back was funding. Mm-hmm. So you get a fucking farming deal, thirty million, thirty thirty one put in, and then thirty one paid immediately. So and then a, another two hundred and four to come on successful drilling, which would then, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, close to 234 million or whatever, the fucking 235 million put into this thing for 50% of it, market cap at 12 million. I'm like, how fucking cheap can it possibly be? Like, (laughs) there's no (laughs) premium. Like someone has just, if, if they don't find anything, uh, they they end up giving fifteen percent back, so it's thirty five percent of the business has been bought. Worst case scenario for thirty one, so you would estimate that the other well, sixty five percent. How much? What thirty five percent of the business was bought for? What? Well, look, they bought fifty percent stake, which is uh, two tranches of payments: thirty yeah. thirty one million up front. And then another 204, I think it was, on successful to take it into production. Yeah. So, you know, like a a quarter of a billion dollars paid for this fucking whimsy nothing stock (laughs) sitting at 12 mil market cap. So, I mean, any way you slice the sausage, someone, say the the drilling fails, they've still paid $31 million for 35% of it. So the remaining... Amount should be so worth. Well, that, that means it's a that's that's a ninety. Well, almost yeah. It's a hundred million dollar business. Then it's been valued at a hundred mil. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying to you. It's been immediately the, the our stake is it's a cap raising at about five times its current market. It, it, it values our stake at around sixty million dollars, and then we close at the same. We close down down for the day. We're at four point three cents. It closed. Uh, it closed the day before 
I think was um, 4.5. So it's actually taken a dip. This is a stock that's been in hibernation for two years. They finally get a farm in. And now you look at a WGO or a STX, they don't even have their production funding yet. Our good friends at WGO. This is a fully funded thing, exploration and production. Yeah. And um, so it's uh, all funded. So then not why, only are they going to... Why is it going down? What What's happening? Why is it drifting? Mate, it's because the only thing I can see is the, the, the trades for today is about 800 grand, which means no one knows about it. That's it. That's the only reason it was allowed to go down. It's a, it's secret. It's a sleeper. It's yeah. a sleeper. But I mean, what you need to know is someone is willing to put about a quarter of a billion dollars into this and it's trading at 12 mil market cap, which was its liquidation value on the basis that, oh, it might go under, it's got nothing. And they've done early modeling on this fucking thing. And um, best case uh, scenario is about a billion dollar MPV. So, I mean, to me, to me today, it should have closed at about 13 cents, 15 cents. And instead it did nothing. And, and the only thing I can conclude is early buying was about uh, half a million dollars, just 500 grand. And then some fucking prick sold 300 at a discount just to keep it off radar. Uh, the only reason it's not running is because it's 12 months to 18 months to, to meet fruition, like it will be a year away from drilling. You think maybe there's just no excitement about it at all? Dude, they, they, they've got the money now to drill it. It's probably got as much upside, maybe more upside potential than WGO that's sitting at a 200 mil market cap. And WGO hasn't even got their production funding, as far as I'm aware, fully sorted. They can't even get a fucking hole in the ground, man. Dude, they can't get a hole in the ground. These guys have not only paid for the hole in the ground, the guys already agreed to pay. Once we hit oil, we'll fund the whole thing so that you can actually set up the facility to pump it out. And that's a two, three-year window. And you've got um, the ASX going, oh, no, I don't really want a 20-bagger. Not interested. I mean, like, uh, oh, no, nah, no, nah, let's, let's value it at nothing. Well, I mean, e even worst case scenario, there's $30 million going into this company for 50%. Even that alone should, should you know, the value, once that 30 mil hits our account, which is coming, the, yeah. we've got cash of 30 million. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 so you've got stock of 12 million. <laughs> And we're about in six weeks to get $30 million in cash, $31 yeah. million in cash, which puts it at $45 million sitting there. We've got half of that. So even that alone should double it. Like even if there was no, if they said, look, we're not actually that interested in the oil game anymore. It's, it's a bit boring. We're going to pivot and just franchise out boost juices. They would still have... 30 million dollars to do so so the company should effectively be worth 45 million with that in the well, stock well theoretically they they could do that right they they get the money and they say hey actually we're not going to drill it we're just going to dispense the cash to shareholders no 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 well, they're starting a chain of boost juice we're doing boost juices but so you you, you stare at these fucking things and you're like this is this reminds me of Nova back in the day. Nova sitting at three cents, one and a half cents, and you're like, okay, millions of tons of gold, and people are just like, nah, 
I don't reckon it's good. I'm like, dude, it's been drilled out. It's, it's not even like, it's not like it might be there. It's a low-yield gold mine. It's there. It's in the dirt. Well, WGO is the same thing, right? Like, they've already got gas. They've got a gas. They've got a GSA, which they haven't released the price on for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's still sitting there trading like they've got nothing. Well, this is the thing. The question with WGO, would it be able to start with what it's got? I would probably say yes. And then I'm like, well, management, how's this for a strategy? Even if you fail on well three, four, and five, are you going to drill? Are you going to actually produce? Yes. So fucking start now, cunt, because like <laughs> cash flow is everything in a business. Bring your revenue forward, asshole. I mean, Argyle Diamonds didn't wait until they drilled out all the diamonds. They just start with an early production. You know what I mean? And then they keep expanding the thing and go, at the moment it's been disbanded, but uh, there's still diamonds there, right? They just worked mm. out, oh, it's the cost of running it and what they get back is the, the life of mine model doesn't add up anymore. Mm. But I'm like, it just staggers me that if you hit gas, fucking get it out. How's that for an idea? <laughs> Man, this, is, this uh, plays into my theory that um, you claim incompetence and, uh, I mean, was it, is it Occam's razor or Hanlon's razor? Hanlon's razor, don't attribute to malice what can be explained by stupidity. But I think... Yes! I don't think this is that, man. I have a theory that uh, all of these MDs and all these, all these guys... Uh, they are just fucking around with the price. They know exactly what they're doing and they are just pushing things down and pulling them up where they should and shouldn't be uh, for their own, for their own gain. You know why they, you know why they can do it? It's because the, the long and the short of it is ASX isn't liquid enough. Like there's not enough funds here. So it moves on sector. So it's like, okay, fucking, uh, resources iron ore stocks are going through the roof and then rather than just people buying iron ore they sell their csl to buy bhp so then people sitting in csl are going like the business is going great why is it plummeted five percent yeah well because yeah because we're so poor that they have to rob peter to pay paul <laughs> so it's like you suddenly sitting in csl scratching your head going it's down 25% and it's because there's a run on BHP or bank stocks and because people are so poor, they actually have to sell their bike to buy their scooter. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like more, more money isn't coming into the market. I mean, this is the same thing that happened with that, um, uh, that crypto rally the other week, right? Is Bitcoin's going up and Ethereum's going down. Like all the other ones are going down and it's not because... Uh, it's it's because new money isn't coming in. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, totally. So the platform. So they sell they sell Bitcoin. It's people are going, oh, I'll sell my Ethereum and buy Bitcoin because that's going up. And then so you're oh, just totally sitting there man. watching people drain their uh, drain their fucking Westpac Choice Savings account to put it into their everyday fund, and then they flip it back and forth. It's like, man, what's going on? Well, think about this. Think about this. Why, if someone. If these guys, whether they're unknown or not, are willing to put in a quarter of a billion dollars into this, why the fuck did ASX only able to put in 800 grand on the back of this news? Like that's, that's the, the extent <laughs> of every investor that was enticed. A guy, you, you're at the, this is how it works, you're at the casino, you see a guy put $250,000 on a, 
Or you're at the horse races. You see someone put $250 million on a horse <laughs> randomly. You've got $12 and you go, you know what? I'll save it for a sandwich. Don't want to risk it. You see the bookie yeah. going, we've not seen. What is this stock, uh, This horse? And it's called like Shoe Glue, Shoe Glue 3000. A guy's come in with uh, a quarter of a billion dollars and said, hey, uh, race four. I'll put it on this one with lame legs. And you're like, you know what? I don't trust it. I'm like, the, the horse is on speed. Like, are you crazy? Someone knows something. No one puts no one puts a quarter of a billion dollars onto a fucking four cent stock unless the modelling looks good, right? And then, so anyway, I sat on it all day, and I'm I'm fucking fuming, dude. I'm sick of this <laughs> sick of this share because you're right. Like we're still up. You're right, and you're still you're just waiting for it to be proven right. It's just this inefficient market, which is fucking well now now for my lucrative money it's like i bought an extra amount today and i'm happy with those buyers long term but now basically that will be my trading strategy i've we've got gib we've got wgo and msb and Mm -hmm. um hopefully they trash ipb and i i'll try uh, make yields on all the other stocks and basically any spare money i have i'll put into ipb for uh, a 20 bagger over the next yeah. two years. Looks like it's fucking Ikea hot dog time for you again. Yeah, dude. Well, this is the thing. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why people don't understand, even if there isn't oil there, the amount of money coming in now uh, makes it worth more than $12 million. That, uh, I, I don't understand why. Because like, as they get closer to drilling, it, FOMO builds and people's buy sentiment builds and then that like but it should be happening now like the 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 fomo and the buy sentiment isn't there now where it should be it's just uh like it's uh you know how how can you invest in the asx when cash into the bank isn't even fully valued <laughs> do you know what i mean like what do you, what do you mean well i'm saying to you if you've got a if you've got a company that has no assets but it's got 30 million dollars sitting in the bank account you would assume in a fair, yeah. efficient market, worst case scenario, the stock's worth $30 million because if you, if I basically bought into w, uh, into IPB now, I could go in and say 30 mil in the bank. Okay, excellent. I'll buy everything right now for 12 mil. Yeah. And uh, so, so I buy the whole company out. It's $12 million. Yeah. And it's just, it's just money in I, the bank account. I, I go to National Australia <laughs> Bank right now and I say, give me a $12 million loan. And they say, well, how are you going to fund it? Uh, 30, I've got 30 mil in the cash account. So I go on the market right now, buy the entire company out. 100%. I own it. I then go in, do a meeting of all shareholders. And I say, uh, I'm 100% owner. I vote to disband fuck oil. And I walk away with uh, I walk away with eighteen million dollar profit in cash. Do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can finally open the booster. And then I say to the, and the, these guys that have given thirty, I say, better news for you guys. Um, in, in rather than giving your cash back, here's hundred percent of the project. Take it. I'm taking my eighteen million dollars. I'm worth thirty million bucks right now, and. Um, I'm very happy, dude. And here's your thing. You've got a fully funded oil play. Uh, and I've, I've made uh, 150% of my income in, in one just by going to National Australia, mate. 
is that because that market cap that market cap there is the market cap that's what the company's valued at right so, so right now the company's valued at 12 million and they've got 30 million in the bank so you can buy it for 12 mil wind it up give the the expiration license to the guy that gave it 30 he'll be stoked because he gets a hundred percent of it <laughs> for 30 million dollars and you walk away with 18 million dollars in cash the problem is how, like what how could you get the how could you get the company for 12 million at the moment without driving the price up ridiculously what would be the move well that's the issue you can't you can't buy it but these these things um, no, but hold on. There must be there must be a there must be a way. Like you've got you've got the share you've got your shareholders there. Uh, how, how what percentage of the company? It's it's is it's a hundred percent owned by shareholders, and the directors just have their shares, and that's all publicly listed. I take it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what percentage. And you know the problem is if you bought on market, by the time you'd put in your twelve mil, do you know that that's uh, that's twelve times the turnover that went through today so you'd probably take it to yeah you would take it up to um 15 cents that would probably wipe out your you know what i mean like you would <laughs> yeah you would it, just you would destroy you'd never be able to do it you'd by the time you'd put your 12 mil in to buy it it would be at 15 cents which means you'd break even and you get your 30 mil back you know what i mean like the move the move would have to be that you go to the current md and the key uh decision making shareholders uh, you'd buy their portion from them, uh, maybe try and get it for something like six mil, and then and then you go, we're not drilling anymore, and just tank the price, and then buy it all back oh, over totally. time, and then you've got your liquid cash there to play with. But you know, the thing is, the guy would never sell it because he he found this twenty because well, he knows what it's fucking worth. He knows it's valuable. He found it 20 years ago and he released an announcement that put the uh, – to Goldman Sachs. He released the – he did the estimated oils, million barrels. So low estimate is 19.8 million barrels. Best estimates around 68 million barrels. High estimates mm. are 159 million barrels. Now, they did the NPV calc and it was never retracted. It was retracted a week later, but you still saw the numbers. So why, why was it retracted? Because he put the, because people are so dumb, when he, he wrote one, uh, 159 million barrels, people thought, well, what's a barrel? Is, is that eight, that's like 150 hiluxes filled with petrol, right? Is that what it's worth? <laughs> he basically went the next step and climbed it by the price of oil and net PV'd it. And it came out at uh, upside uh, $1 billion project if everything was to mm. be a venture. So this is a stock trading at that point because I hadn't done cap raising stuff around $8 million. And he did, he did a projection on what it could be worth, which was uh, $1 billion. So obviously uh, ASX don't like that sort of shit. With the low side being about $100 million still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so obviously yeah. ASX okay. don't like when you do uh, 10, 10 times up to 100 times your money. Uh, on this stock and announcements showing you that. But wait, what, why why did the ASX make them make them retract it? Like, what what did they say was wrong? Well, they they were like they were like, well, you can't. These are perspective. These are just the models. You can't multiply it by numbers. But every like uh, industrial what? company does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, and then how, how the fuck are you supposed to show 
projections for anything then if they're going you can't do this well dude look at the battery shit battery what's that battery code that bat uh, the battery that you rub your dick and the phone charges s-o-r they they do their projection and then strategic strategic elements strategic elements they do their presentation they go look if you rub your dick you can charge a a TV or whatever the fuck, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. So, so strategic elements are there going, and they're like, we've, we've got a battery, right? Every time you have a wank, it's juiced up. Now, if we can capture just one yes, percent yes, that's of what they the do. battery market, it's three hundred billion dollars. That, that's what they do. <laughs> ASX, very good. We love it. And you're gonna what? You're gonna mine a meteor as well. Perfect. This is a great business. <laughs> this, 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 is what, this is what they do. Their model, and no one complains about it, is. Batteries. You sell about a trillion a year. Battery powers a trillion dollar industry. We can capture two percent. We're a billion dollar company. We're talking about yeah. modeling that shows there's exactly that oil is there. You can see it on the hotspot, and you know what I mean. And there's a known oil column there, and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here! That's speculation." I'm like, "Dude, there's a known oil column in there already. It's just about extending it." And they're like, "That is very speculative." But this battery wanking company that says they might imagine it, they go, "Oh, Elon Musk." And Elon Musk uh, invents cars. So I could say I'm setting up cars up, robot cars, and I just put uh, batteries from the chemist in there. And I say, you just put a thousand <laughs> of those in the hood. And I'm like, yeah. so if we could capture the market, Elon Musk has 10% of it. He, they're worth a trillion or whatever the fuck. Um, if I could just get 1% of that, I've got a billion dollar company. I list it and sell. And you know what? It happens with all these neobanks. There's fucking Doe. Of course, man. Doe's doing it right now. Doe's doing it right now. They don't have a license. They use a yeah. sub-license, so they pretend to be a bank. And um, <laughs> then they, they, they go, well, if we could just capture X of the visa market or what Afterpay yeah. did, we're going to be huge. But I'm like, what have you done? You fucking done nothing. They make it seem so achievable, man. Because it's like it just takes one percent, and you go, okay, well, sure, one percent. But then how many operators like you are there? Because if it's more than a hundred, like who's eating up the majority of this pie graph? Because you're not even on the pie graph at the moment, and I reckon that the like the other hundred thousand people trying to do what you do, they are the one percent that says other. In a little sliver on the pipe. This is what happens in the lithium booms, the iron ore booms, the oil booms, is every time there's a, a boom in the price, every fucking company multiplies their iron ore by the current price and doesn't factor mm. in the supply coming on, on board. Uh, they're, they're totally deceptive. So they'll announce, oh, oil price is this, multiply how much oil we've got. But they know... There's a guy next door and someone else with it, and they know that all these things will come online. They just ignore that and multiply current current reserves by price, which is so deceptive. It's sort of like if the if the beers came out and said, uh, "We've got we've got 400 million tons of diamonds, um, and we value them all at uh, you know like retail rate, like <laughs> like a thousand dollars a carrot or something." And then there was like, "Well, we're spending, yeah, but as soon as you release the 400 million tons." They're valueless again. Dude, it ties into exactly what I was saying. It's like IPB right now is four cents, but if I was to spend uh, 18 million to buy it up, it would be at 15. So the price adjusts with the supply or demand. But every company yeah. in the window of a boom, lithium, their lithium supply 
there's not there's none around. This is why the price has got up. They multiply it by yeah. n- no supply, and then and then everyone goes shit. <laughs> fucking Galaxy's worth or uh, Pilbara is worth uh, you know uh, GXY is worth fucking five dollars, and I'm like no. Because now with the price like that, everything's going to come online. It's worth, it's trading at a dollar and it's worth a dollar ten. You fuckhead. You fucking deceptive. <laughs> decept- but ASIC's no issue with that. Don't worry about forward supply models. Just take the current price and we can all watch our stocks go from, oh, get gold's through the roof. Yeah, well, the price is up now, so supply's going to go through the roof. But uh, we all multiply it by the price of gold and we watch every fucking stock inflate by that price. I mean, it's just such a basic error in maths. I don't understand, but it just speaks volumes about uh, you go to uni and it's efficient market, sophisticated market. It's one of the dumbest. It's a fucking retard, retard at, on a bike, man. They have no idea what's going on. This market is so inefficient and shit. It's actually embarrassing. And I think like someone should actually price things and look at the lag time on the ASX to price, you know, and all these errors. And you would realize that um, a pack of monkeys could do a better job than uh, administering value across the ASX. It's, it's, it's retards top to bottom. It's a fucking <laughs> shit show. Man, well, wasn't there a, uh, what was that? It was during the, during the uh, dot-com boom, they had, uh, I can't remember if it was a monkey uh, or if it was like a chicken. Um, fuck, what was it? I think it was, it might have been a monkey. I think they had a monkey uh, during the dot-com boom in the early 2000s that they had pick stocks and it outperformed 88% Dude, of other Wall Street brokers. Of course it did. <laughs> Do you know why? Because because it's a bull market, man. You just fucking throw it at the and, wall. And, and, and more than that, I think, look, I diversification makes sense but like these bigger funds do it with a thousand stocks or a hundred i'm like at what point does diversification uh convert into i'm clueless because effectively well because there's there's diversity like going okay well we've we're in mining we're in banking we're in tech we're in buy or whatever you're in a a lot of different things and you've got you're like okay we've got great uh we we like all the plays and all these different industries and then there's diversifying like well we've bought a little bit of everything but that that just means that you've bought into as many losers as you have winners so you're completely beholden to what the the general market sentiment does if everyone goes like oh we're all ever mate we're printing money it's all going well you're going up and if not you're going down so why even fucking get on the roller coaster and and then and then and then you go at what point are you just guessing well i mean there has to be a number of diversification where you're effectively admitting incompetence because you cannot decipher which bank to get in you're like i bought cba Mm. westbrook so it's equivalent to do the horse analogy it's going on the horses and you bet on every horse in the race and then you take a fee to do it that's your super fun yeah yeah, yeah. they go like race 10 (laughs) we're backing every horse but we're taking five percent fee to do it and then, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then, and then, and then also because they buy a thousand stocks, uh, you're bringing in human error because there's one day where the Christmas party's on. They've had coke, and uh, ha- one of the main partners is having a fight with his wife, and he misses that CSL has had a profit downgrade, and they don't do it on time. So you're actually the zero comes into spin on the roulette wheel for the human error. So you're actually better off to just buy an index. 
there's just really no point in having one of these fuckheads holding uh, 160 stocks for what value? Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they buy yeah. every single one of the top three and then weight it percentage-wise and then they have the, the balls to tell people that I'm a genius, I, I'm able to work out what's what. Well, I'm like, you're done a multiple choice question test and you circled every answer, A, B, C and D. I think you're fucking dumb. Do you know what I mean? Like you've circled every single question yeah. you've, with every answer but you left one out. And you go, I left C out on every one. Uh, that's my portfolio. How you going? I'm like, well, is is it a science or is it gambling? Because if you have to diversify to that level, you're admitting that there's unforeseen risk and you're effectively saying, I'm gambling with your money. That's effectively the admission. I'm, I'm fucking punting here, but I want my fees. So I'm not going to punt fully. I'm just going to spread bet on every fucking horse. Are you happy? And they're like, yeah. So they, they're fucking pack of shit, dude. It's actually very bad. We've been coming for so long, but the time is finally here. Opening this weekend at Westfield Helensvale, Honey Bidet Kids. The hottest lingerie at the hottest prices. Now for all ages. We've got racy lace for the under eights and plenty of leather for those kids who should know better. Enjoy huge savings over our grand opening weekend. Honey Bidet Kids, right next to the Boost Juice at Westfield Helensvale. It is very bad, man. It's horrific. A lot of these people, if if the models were run, I mean, the handcuffs should appear because it's like, well, if you're a financial practitioner, what actually are you doing there, sir? Like, what actually are you doing? Because you bought every single, all ASX top 300 and you just weighted them marginally, mm. randomly. And um, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, you said that you knew how to play tennis and you don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then also at your your strategy at the end of it as a fund manager, you end up underperforming like a managed property investment put up by Harcourts. And I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful two bedroom unit in the uh, down the down the back the back street, three kilometers away from the beach, and it's got a five point nine percent yield. Uh, and then there's there's the, the body corporate fees on top of that. But it's a it's a beautiful property. It was built in the in the the best time. There's 1980. Oh, it's been built someone renovated it in 1995 so the bathroom is only 25 years old it's absolutely pristine and six percent returns after it is also body corporate fees you know factor in and some, some other stuff but it's just six percent mate you can't top it you can't top it and the thing is for your fee you have to justify it like what decision points are you making and it turns out they're just putting air fresheners in the car as you speed off down the front. <laughs> they're, not, they're not adjusting the wheel. They're not adjusting the lights. They're not adjusting the rear view mirror. They're not changing the speed. They just put one of those fucking little uh, Christmas tree air fresheners in and then they charge you, uh, you know, five grand to do it. To put in the, the air freshener? It's like going to get your car serviced and the guy comes out and goes like, yeah, we had to replace the, the cabin filter. And you, you go, oh, yeah, did you? And they go, this is the old one. 
this is the one we put in. It's a, you can see the difference, mate. And you're like, well, actually, I changed it last week, so I, I that's not my fucking cabin. Mate, have you have you had have you caught someone out doing that before? My cousin had one where he he changed his own air filters before he went in, and then the guy comes out and he goes, oh. Your filters, mate, they're disgusting. And he goes, oh, really? That looks horrible. And he goes, yeah, this is what they should look like. These are the new ones. And he goes, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, so we've changed them for you. It's uh, still 70 bucks, but, uh, you, I mean, you just can't get around like that. And then my cousin goes, well, I bought new ones last week, mate, and here, here's the receipt. So how has this happened? <laughs> and the guy had to go and fucking take them out. It was great. Dude, that's what a fund manager's like. You bring your car in and they said, look, um, I actually don't know what I'm doing, so I haven't looked under the hood or touched any of the engine because, you know, the last time I did that, the thing fell apart and I couldn't put it back together, so I've put in a new air freshener. But you know what? I, I wonder why, why don't they regulate? Why don't they regulate dentists and um, and mechanics with spot inspections? They should be like a mystery shopper, and it should happen one in a hundred times where another mechanic effectively arrives. And uh, the car's been audited over a pit. You go along to the mechanic and this is how you, it happens once a year at random at your thing. And then they come out and say, mate, we've had to do the whole diffs have replaced, the oil's replaced this. And they say, well, actually this was uh, done last week. It's been authorised. We've got all the certificate here. You're going to jail. You just committed fraud. You're doing eight to nine years jail right now. Uh, we assume that you're doing it across all your clients. Um, an air conditioning unit, repairs in your house. You could have, have fake traps, like plumbing. In the same way that you go, okay, look, if we can capture even 1% of the battery market, you go, look, We've caught you doing this one time. Uh, you didn't change the transmission fluid at all, but we're going to extrapolate that across, and we assume that that was one percent of all your customer base at a hundred dollars, one hundred and seventy-nine dollars that you're ripping them off. So that's uh, what seventeen thousand yeah. dollars, which makes it a uh, a felony. It's a federal crime, and uh, you'll be going away for a few years, mate. Dude, that's what I think. It's the same with the the dentist. The number of People you see, like the 12-year-old, is there any 12-year-old that doesn't have braces? It seems impossible. If you go along to a dentist, those, we've all got, we all know about Invisalign, but the dentist just ignores it. If you go in there for more than an, uh, 30 minutes, you're getting braces. If you're hitting anywhere near puberty and they throw them on and I'm like, there's no way that... All of these are justified. I mean, there's, the, the numbers are astronomical, the number of kids that get braces. There's got to be a couple scam ones. Well, this is what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you, surely uh, there should be some regulation where as a GP, uh, you're sort of there and you know that one in a thousand customers will be like, hey, why are you massaging my vagina? You're going to jail for a very long time <laughs> for a flu. This isn't patient A. Like you're a fucking, you're a pedophile. Or, hey, why'd you charge me $800 for braces? Like this kid's already had braces. We tricked you. you know? <laughs> he got his braces removed a month ago. We sent him back to another person who got more braces. They go, once puberty hits, those teeth are going to fucking bow out like crazy. <laughs> We're going to pin these down. Do you, think the, do you think the problem with dentists is that, uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine having to fight... 
like that being can you imagine that being your job man all day every day the most disgusting people the public comes into your office and they lie in your nice shiny chair and stare up at the big tv you've had installed and you have to you have to put your hands inside the filthy fucking mouth oh man imagine being a dentist and you're on the dating scene so you're tinder but you'd be like, the, the girl's there, she's your soulmate, but you can tell she's got gingivitis and she's like, she's trying to kiss you. And you're like, no, she's, she's got gum disease. But it's the prettiest girl you've ever met. And you're like, oh my God, I can smell by her breath. She's got gingivitis. Like it's so off-putting to them. And they go, why didn't you marry? Why didn't you like her? And you're like, dude, her hygiene, her dental hygiene was repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you would be aware. If that was your if that was your gig every day, the only thing that I can think is that everyone's getting braces because by the time you've seen up fifty thousand different mouths come through and sit uh and sit, like just a gate at, at Netflix playing uh, yeah. playing on the roof, your your standard for perfection has to be so high. Like a perfect mouth to you like is a is a true one in a million you're always seeing room for improvement you find that like if you've ever done renovations on the house like you're suddenly aware of the joinery and the finishes so forever then if you've done renovated a house whenever you go into a new house you can spot and go like what the fuck is this shit do you know what i mean yeah. you become aware yeah, yeah, of the yeah. kitchen and you're like what a fucking sloppy job look at the way they finish those power <laughs> sockets i'm like this house is cheap as shit but if you're not aware of it you can do a real pump and dump where it looks all good but if you've actually renovated a house you can tell Oh my God, those finishings, that's plastic. That's so shit. Because you, you <laughs> looked at light fittings and you looked at all the little nuanced toilet roll holders and you're like, oh dude, that's like a $12 toilet roll holder. This guy's fucking cheapskated everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, but if you don't know <laughs> yeah, that, you exactly. just go like, oh, it looks all brand new. It's shiny. But then you move in and after three weeks, everything snapped. Everything just snaps. <laughs> Your fucking kitchen cabinet snapped in half. The loo roll thing is hanging half, you know, hanging half of the wall. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how you talk about the like market cycles before, how do they generally trend? Like, what's the, what's the sort of modeling for that? What do you mean? Like, what sectors hot? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, I, I get the, uh, your basics, you know, you have, uh, if things are going well, people are more likely to be risky and they're going to expose themselves to more risk. Yeah. Well, they have like risk on risk off. And, um, do you know what I mean? So after the vaccine was announced, everyone went, to, uh, bailed growth stocks and went to sort of value. Do you know what I mean? Which is why the banks ran. Do you know what I mean? It was a switch in in the sentiment towards these uh, because they felt like oh, the legislation's not going to change because there's a landlock in the Senate over in the US. Uh, it's a stable mm. situation, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly everyone was bailing like afterpays and moving into National Australia banks. But why are they, why are they going into what, why that move? Well, because I think they felt, do you know, there's... Uh, the stability like they when it's risk on like people are pushing for like high growth options and then when it's risk off they mm. revert back to safer plays which is dividend yields why would it be risk off uh when uh when there's a vaccine announced because it's center it's the sentiment driven so you move towards dividends and uh uh, value investing, you know, like like long term steady tickers. I know, but what what is what is causing people 
to go risk off. Like, like to me, if they've announced a vaccine and then there's there are no there aren't any huge changes coming up, like uh, the election. Well, it's it's sort of this it's the switch between gold and and specky. Do you know what I mean? Like. Gold, in volatile times, gold, they go towards... But, I mean, man, dude, there's a myriad of things that uh, cause this on the macroeconomics. Mm. It's not just basically like a fear and greed index. I'm just saying it's... <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, oh, I get that's that. The, the, the alchemy and science of uh, the market. It, you, you know what I mean? You can't just say, if the light's green, drive. If it's red, go. Like You have to weigh up every <laughs> single uh, news event in the world, every single global uh, economy... And everything that's going on, and then also the mac, so the macro factors, and then the micro that affect your company. Do you know what I mean? So it's like uh, yeah. I don't think it can be delineated just to go if there if there's cri- uh, grass on the wicket, it's safe to play cricket. Scenario, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, guess I don't I'm think just I can summate, what- I don't think I can summate the entire economic theory or finance <clears throat> and just in in on a podcast. <laughs> no, but I. Yeah, I was still curious about like you know which uh, which industry or which sectors fall into uh, which category and why people would cycle. Well, dude, there's so much stuff that goes in. Do you know what I mean? Like the RBA decision, the the cost of uh, money, the interest rates, growth, unemployment rates. Well, let's take let's take let's take the RBA decision, right? Like that's a that's a good one. Let's take the RBA decision. So the RBA goes, okay, lowest interest rates ever. Right, I think that's what it's currently at. Yep. All time low. Yeah, it's the lowest ever. Yeah, and so that benefits, uh, I assume, uh, banks uh, immediately, right? Yeah, well, if they don't, yeah, if they don't pass it, pass it on. But then y- you've got, yeah. um, and then th- obviously it benefits the property market because you're in a position yeah. where cost of uh, finance drops. So, you know what I mean? Like you can buy a house for cheaper than you can rent one if you happen to have that wealth. Which is why at the moment, uh, despite having been in lockdown for effectively a year, the housing market is still just fucking steaming ahead, at least in the Gold Coast. It's ridiculous. Well, dude, because cause you end up in a scenario where like it's $600 a week for uh, a rental and 250 for a mortgage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so people, if they happen yeah. to have any free capital, are like, Carafa House, fuck it, I'm going to buy it for 400 grand rather than uh, rent next door for 600 a week. Do you know what I mean? And they're almost on mm. the basis like, I don't even give a fuck what happens to the cap. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll exit in time, but uh, obviously you, you hold yeah. that asset. But yeah, so that, that trickles in. But mate, you're pushing me, you're pushing me at the end of a trading day. I suddenly fucking get one of these <laughs> things wrong. Sound like an absolute knob jockey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hi, I'm Graham Turner, CEO of Flight Centre Australia. It's been a bit of a rough one this year, especially for the travel industry. You may have noticed your local flight centre's lights have been off for the past few months, but you'll be happy to know that we're coming back and we're making a few changes too. 
Introducing Fight or Flight Center, the best in the air and everywhere. Where do you want to go? Havana, Arizona, Pamplona? We still guarantee the lowest fares, but we're pretty fucking pissed off at the moment. If you find a lower price, we're ready to punch on, cunt. We'll bash any motherfucker from STA Travel who says they can get you a cheaper European river cruise. And if that fuckface Mark O'Donnell at House of Travel reckons he can get you on a Venetian canal cheaper than I can, I'm ready to kick his fucking teeth in. Prepare for takeoff and prepare to take us on. Fight or Flight Center is back and we're ready to crack some skulls. The, uh, am I, am I wrong or is negative gearing like the worst thing that's ever happened to the Australian housing market? I, I don't, I don't really understand why, uh, negative gearing has been allowed to exist because it just seems. Dude, there's nothing wrong with it. I like negative gearing. You're you pro like negative gearing. Yeah, of course. But it just, it, but it just, it, it's just driven every like the price is up to be the absolute maximum that they could possibly be, yeah. and it, it seems it seems so inflated. The, the thing that I found uh, so funny was uh, the the election when Shorten lost. He had this idea that um, Labor that they would be all against negative gearing, but what he he didn't realize it's within the reach of most average Australia with a bit of uh, inju- you know a bit of initiative. Even your local plumber can uh, negatively gear a house. So he he went in and lost uh, half his voting uh, his votes because he didn't realise that most tradies, most pe- people on fly and fly out, most people with uh, any money will leverage in. And I mean, a lot of people that are smart, even in a salary job, will buy a house and rent it out, and then rent where they're living. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in I'm saying to you that... Uh, but that seems like a pyramid scheme. That's the problem. Anyone can do it. So I'm like, he, they, 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 thought, they thought, oh, it's only the rich that are going to do it. I'm like, dude, I, I know fucking pl- uh, mechanic mates that uh, instead of buy, they bought a 400 grand uh, apartment and rented it out and continued living in their share house and then within the space of two years that own like four, five, six... Do you know what I mean? It gives you, yeah, look, I, fair enough. What are you saying is no negative gearing? Yeah, well, I, I just, I like, uh, I guess the the pros of negative gearing it seem, seem to be about, mm, like, it creates a wealth siphoning situation. Yes, but think about this. Rather than calling it negative gearing, is someone has, um, they, they've risked their capital, put it into the market, and they're paying every month a loss. To, to 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 do this enterprise i don't see why they shouldn't be allowed to deduct that loss against their income i mean if if i set up a business and we're selling hot dogs and it's not going well i should be allowed to have that endeavor um i don't understand why the tax office would say oh you 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 set up an enterprise it's costing you 40 grand a year we don't recognize that as an expense fuck off because we want it fairer, because you're actually outlaying 40 grand a year to, 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 to do that enterprise. I mean, I don't understand what, what basis that should not be considered a taxable loss that you can include. I'll in tell your- you why. I'll tell you why. Because you go and you start your hot dog stand and uh, you go, cool, well, if this makes a loss, that's fine. Um, I offset it. It's great. Not a problem. Uh, and then you go, well, 
man, actually, it's actually quite a lot, like it's it's quite a lot of uh, it's quite a lot of margin in here. Um, there's another guy across the road who's selling, who's got who's got hot dogs, and he's making a tidy sum of money. And you go in and you go, well, I could probably wipe him out. Um, I'll just undercut him someone else comes along and they go fuck it i've got a big tax bill i'll sell hot dogs at a loss and then the price of hot dogs is just going through uh or the price of hot dog stands is going through the roof well what you want what you want is what they do with the shares right so it's like um what happened to me so i i um i made i lost money and then um what no i made money i made money and so i owed tax on that and then the next year I lost money and they wouldn't let me net them off. So what, what you're, you're saying is that you want that to just be capital, uh, like non, non-recoverable. Is, is, is this what you're saying? I'm saying that if you have, if you have negative gearing there, I don't think it, the, the benefit, and I say this with, uh, with air quotes, it, the benefit of it is that you can offset a loss, right? Which is fine, which is fair enough. But the actual implication of it is that people are just willing to extend themselves further and risk more capital, and so it drives the price up where it uh, naturally wouldn't be at that place. It's, it's, it's artificial uh, inflation of the price yeah, because yeah, yeah. people go, well, I can just offset it. And, and, and it's, it, it creates a, 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 a way higher barrier for entry. I understand what you're saying. So you're saying if you didn't have that, so what would you say, like, so property investors, they would have to, they wouldn't, they say you were you'd not have to, a mum and dad. You'd have to run, you'd have to run profitably. What a fucking crazy idea that would be that you'd have to run profitably. Yeah, 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 look. <laughs> They're, they're, I can see what you're saying because there's limited houses and uh, people then get priced out because they couldn't raise the capital because some asshole did exactly what you did with your PlayStation and went ahead. Yes, exactly. That's what they're doing. Scalping. scalping. It's, ha- it's house scalping. Yeah. Yeah. No, but people people very angry at me for scalping PlayStations. People aren't ang- angry at negative gearing for scalping houses. Dude, but do you know what I find funny? Is It's like... Uh, why is everyone the, t- the tax system is unfair already? Do you know you got arbitrary yeah. ruling off on thirtieth of June? So if I had made half a million dollars, I've got to pay tax on that. A month later, I lose all half a million. They don't give a shit. I get a carry forward tax loss. I mean, shit like that is <laughs> is ridiculous. It's like, dude, yeah. you, you, you. So so I say I owe tax. I owe a tax loan. I've I've lost hundreds of grand but i owe them 15 grand from the year before they are allowed to chase me and go pay up and i'm like actually you fucking pay me cocksucker <laughs> you owe me hundreds of thousands give me my money back like if you want to be joint partner be joint partner do you know what i'm saying like i don't understand mm. why they get to ebb and choose when they engage with us to stimulus i'm like 50 50 fuck face if i have a really bad year you write me a check <laughs> don't, don't you think <laughs> Yeah, I agree, and I mean, look, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a better solution than just like uh, not being able to offset any losses. But the, it just seems to me that the, and maybe I just don't know enough. But the way that it's set up now, it only lends itself to inflating the property price or property prices as high as possible because now you can offset the losses, and it's and it's it's artificial. It's not real. It 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 just pumps up the numbers for no reason. Yeah, well, I don't know, but you know what the thing is. Um to anyone arguing against it is it's probably your only avenue to 
get financial freedom. So I don't understand why, why, why you would want. So you work at Coles and you save up and buy your house and uh, you're not allowed to deduct. So if you buy another house and it's a loss maker, you can't do that. Then what vehicle does uh, a mum and dad or a Joe Schmo or a tradie have to make well? Well, because in in other countries where uh, negative gearing is not a thing, you can buy a property and instead of going like, oh, it's great, we've got a 4.3% yield on it. We've almost covered the fucking mortgage by renting it. You've got a 10% yield on it and you're covering the mortgage okay. with the rent. And then the and then everything's fine. It works as it should instead of it just being a tax write-off. Like I d- I don't believe we have negative gearing in New Zealand, and I'm gonna fact check this and edit it out. I did my fact checking. New Zealand does have a form of negative gearing, and you can transfer uh, losses to other income streams, but there are restrictions, and they have ring fencing rules. Uh, which basically means that they abolished negative gearing in the residential property market and residential property deductions can only be made against residential property income and cannot be deducted from other sources like wages. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it incentivizes this this behavior, so it just creates a bubble. Yeah, it, it, it incentivizes uh, just mindless greed, and then, but then also it, it, it doesn't, I get, like, the idea is so sound up the top, but I feel like with even a little bit of digging, surely you would see that if you uh, make it viable to own a property at a loss, then suddenly the um, the the floor the floor is no longer zero. The floor is negative, and so people are willing to just fucking plunge their neck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm what I'm saying to you is maybe it does elevate, but everyone can do it. Like the idea that it's only available to the rich is a load of fucking bullshit because you No, you, but everyone could do it until until it reaches a point where it's insane to even get in. Because cuz th- th- think of this for an idea. Like you say, "Well, how will I ever afford it? I work at Coles." Well, go and get a 40 grand personal loan and use that as your deposit for your 400,000. That interest is deductible as well as part of the negative gearing. You suddenly find your Coles wage, you're getting a big fucking check back every June you know why because you're fucking the gap on your rent and then also the cost of that interest so you can manufacture money out of nowhere what other option would a Coles person have without this vehicle nothing they probably couldn't get in the market I just don't understand why they think everyone anyone's excluded from doing this I'm like everyone can do it (laughs) you know what I mean it's not it's not like it's only available to schmo schmo if you're making an income you can do this if you can if you can get a loan even a personal loan, you can set up a because you know you can get a property loan and have say you're allowed four fifty. Fifty of it can be personal mm. loan. The bank only caps out. So mm. you, you know what I mean? You can borrow fifty as a personal, jack that in, and it, it net over it's irrelevant. Like it's ten percent for the personal, but then the others at two and a half percent. The the net effects three percent, and you'll get five yeah. back. But there's nothing to. There's, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why anyone would want to cut off their potential only way of getting out of jail free. Like, <laughs> they have no other... Some of these poor people have no other way of getting a property than negative gearing. They just choose not to fucking use it. I don't understand. Like, there's a supercharged car that could save your life, but you say, I'm going, by, I'm going to the stream by donkey. I won't use leverage. I won't. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it someone at the door. Give me one sec. One sec. What's this? 
you. Alright. Fucking door knocker. Oh my god. I need like an on-air light. These door knockers. <laughs> Dude, you've got me. I've been trading all day. I'm tired and you're putting me into like... I'm, I'm probably looking like such a dumbass. I haven't even... I just want to talk shit, dude. No, I don't know. No, it's, it's fine. I, th I, think it's a, I think it's an interesting... I, th I think it's just interesting because I, I don't think people understand uh, any of it at all. Um, uh, well, but like below a certain level of um, uh, financial sophistication, you don't, you don't dude, know that this is even this an option. Is, Which, but that's like, that's an, that's, a, that's an additional barrier to entry. This and then is not only that, if the price people, goes up. This is what people need to understand is like, they buy their own house and they live in it and they pay 1500 a month or two grand a month for it, they need to understand mm. that they buy that house and put some fuckhead in there and then spend the fifteen on their other place. That's the exact same scenario. Like I don't understand why people don't understand that if you put 500 grand in, that you can put someone in there and then put you rent and you're still paying 1500 but you've got, you know what I mean? You've got someone servicing this. I don't understand why people don't understand that first step. Well, because... But, but this do you know is, what I mean? Why don't they get that? Why do they actually have to fucking be in their asset? Like, why are they so retarded that they have to see the fence? Why don't they understand that it's a 1500 grand, a $1,500 mortgage and it, it takes this loss and it, it's costing two, a 2000 mortgage and they're getting 15 back. 500 can go off against them and then they can take that 1500 and rent somewhere probably better, maybe the same, but they can go and live somewhere else. And then once that's proved for three months, they can go and borrow more money and get another one and another one and another one. I don't understand why they actually have to be they don't understand that concept. Why don't they understand it? Because the problem, the problem is that it becomes a, a big, it, it is a Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid scheme because you, the idea with negative gearing is what it encourages and what it, uh, if you do understand it, what you end up leaning towards is that everyone is buying houses to rent to someone else so they can buy more houses yeah. so they can offset against their $40,000 a year fucking Coles wage. Dude, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of like this, um, the argument that everyone has, okay, I've got a, a home loan, I'm going to pay off principal plus interest. And then you mm. look at uh, like average growth, say it grows uh, 10%, 10% per annum, over seven years it's doubled. So your 500 grand house is worth another 500. So you've paid off the loan mm. at that point. But these fuckheads uh, clip their weekly cash flow to, to pay off 25 of it. I'm like, are you... Are you fucked in the fucking head? Pay interest only because uh, you, your money is irrelevant. It's so tiny. I'm like, you're better off yeah. spending that in Bali. Like, are you really thinking that uh, your 20, 20 grand extra amount, the only, all you're getting for that 20 grand is the interest rate return so you're effectively putting your 20 in at whatever your mortgage rate is that's that's what you're doing so say you're on two percent that's what you make so you're making a two percent yield whatever the interest rates now if you pay off mm. principal whatever principal you're paying you're investing at that mortgage rate people don't seem to understand that so the question is can you outperform if you can't outperform two percent definitely do it and i'm sure a lot of people can't but um I don't understand why people don't realize that the principal element that's contributed 
is uh, yielding what your mortgage rate is. They don't seem to work. No one seems to know that. Or a lot of people seem confused of this idea. Because there's no, there's no literacy. You're investing the money at your mortgage rate. It's, it's a fucking garbage. Because there's no literacy. The whole system is... Yeah, that's is... what I'm saying. They're garbage. And then, and then these poor fuckheads, um, they, there's no conceivable way that they're going to pay it off on their Coles wage. <laughs> their, their best bet is interest only <laughs> and then put that extra yeah. money into this uh, negative gearing mechanism and buy another one. Do you know what I mean? And put that another yeah. one and another one. I mean, like the idea of stockpiling money and getting a 2% yield, I mean, surely it's the bleakest of days ever. It's like a fucking Irish uh, potato <laughs> scheme. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with your brain to, to, to engage with such shit economics? The yield is, is so flawed. Surely you must agree that with the negative gearing in place, uh, uh, on a micro level, it can work individually, but on a macro level... It only works for everybody if everybody is buying multiple houses and then you're renting your house out to every. It doesn't. It's it falls apart. Oh look, I I must say, I, I must I must say it's true. It's um for the hand to mouth people they get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like in other countries, it's like man, if you if you buy an investment property. Uh, you, in, instead of going, well, this is great. I can I can subsist if I have a four percent yield on this place. You buy a place and you go, great. Well, rent's coming in. It's uh, it's ten percent. It's twelve percent. If it's good, it's fifteen percent. And you go, great. So the uh, the barrier to entry is low. You're still getting. You're just getting a higher yield uh, on your rent. Uh, there's less of the offsetting against your income, sure. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't matter because you have cash flow coming through from your investment now, and then you can use that cash flow to leverage your way into another into another property if that's what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the other thing is the incentivizing of it. These rich people might have set up another widget factory instead. Do you know what I mean? Which would employ people. So. You know, yeah, they could. Yeah, there could have been something else other than them just buying than just up buying fifty houses, properties and properties and properties. <laughs> they might think, you know what? Let me set up uh, a business that and then employ five thousand people doing it. But instead, uh, Turnbull and all those guys are like, "Fuck it, we will just keep buying properties and then rent them to the poor." Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and then also also you're going well uh it's but the but the yield's lower it's like yeah but even at a three percent yield you know what i mean like a 1.5 million dollar house like it's fucking massive that's the 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 rent go is jacked up too and then the rent's too high and it's just this this juggling of well the rent is as high as it possibly can be, and then the uh, the cost for the house is as high as it can possibly be. How's this for an idea? Then why? So you spoke about like uh, the interest rate dropping and potentially the why. I said like the bank wouldn't pass on that. Why, as a base level, doesn't the government do the primary mortgage? Like you've obviously got the RBA and their supplier of money. And they provide it mm. at two percent or whatever the zero percent that it is now. Is that point two or something? And then you've got um, the security risk or the risk that comes in from the consumer. The bank is meant to wear that, but as they showed mm. during the GSC, they just hand it out willy nilly. They really don't do anything. So I'm like, if you really wanted to honour it, why isn't your first mortgage direct from the RBA? Why does Westpac? Yeah. Uh, get to charge you 3% when it's coming in at zero 
and um, we, we've agreed that we want everyone to have a house. Why does West uh, Park make 3%, 3 when they say, oh, well, they're administering the risk and, and, and dispensing it, but they're not, right? They, they sublet it to a mortgage broker and then they just have their yeah. precursors. I'm like, well, surely as a basis, the tax office has a working knowledge of your income and expenses by your tax returns. Surely on the basis of a hairdresser or whatever, they would be able to assess and say, okay, well, you earn 100 grand and your you costs are about 50. We're happy to lend you 400 grand at the real rate. Why, do, why is this inflated rate? Like why, what did the bank do to get in a position to make that three? What are they doing? <laughs> what are they fucking this doing? This is it, man. This the entire. What are they? The what are they fucking doing, man? Because like they, <laughs> they're meant to be checking the risk, right? But they're taking a, a percentage on it. But the reality is, almost everyone has a mortgage. So I'm like, why wouldn't the first pass be fuck off, banks? First, uh, yeah, let's get rid of yeah. negative gearing and let's do one thing better. Your first mortgage comes based on your tax return from the ATO, from the the RBA. They dispense it yeah. from the, the raw money source and uh, there's no premium. So when NAB decides, oh, it's dropped to zero, we're still going to charge you three. We're not passing it on. It's like, fuck off. All primary mortgages, we want every Australian to have a house so you can get fucked. The interest rate is direct because we know that they're going to get a loan. Who doesn't get a loan? Almost everyone does. So it's like a loan should be allotted to every uh, Australian based on their tax return from the government. At the, at the real rate. It's because we're not in an efficient system. We are in a system that has become a really complex and convoluted uh, like labyrinth designed to rob you of your money and and just extract that wealth upwards. Well, how's the, how's the banks, right? We've agreed that they will give a loan to almost any turd in a sister. I don't know anyone that can't get a home loan. So I'm like, they say, well, we, <laughs> we do that risk assessment and we, we charge 2.5% to do it. I'm like, why? Why? There's no need for a risk assessment. ATO has every fucking piece of data you've ever lodged. They can make a pretty fair estimate over the last fucking 20 years of savings at Coles what you can afford. It's not hard. It's not fucking hard. A computer model could do it in 13 seconds. So what the fuck yeah. is Westpac doing? What are you actually doing? They're asking you to send in your bank statements, send in two pay slips that people could just forge your eyes by just fucking going in a Word document and then just paying some money into their bank <laughs> twice or three times. And they're going, yep, we've de-risked it. It looks legit. I'm like, the tax office actually has the working knowledge of whether you can afford it. The best example mm. of your information and risk assessment. They actually, the government has a better idea if you can afford it than Westpac does because Westpac actually because of privacy <laughs> of information has limited access to the scope of data they need and then they charge a fee for it. And they have human error as well. They've got people in there just clacking away going, I don't fucking know. A guy gets bribed or some fuckhead goes yeah. and just pays uh, two grand into his bank account four times and uh, just sequencing between two <laughs> accounts and then lodges a loan. Application for that. I mean, th th yeah. they were saying like... I I forget the percentage, but it was fucking through the roof where they reckon um, Australians had elevated their income, hidden their expenses or lied on documents was like, I, I want to say 40% of loans they reckon are fraudulent. <laughs> you know what I mean? And why wouldn't you, man? Why wouldn't you when the whole system is set up uh, to be as inflated as possible? Every single 
point is just a fucking balloon ready to burst. Your rent's jacked up as high as it can be. The cost of living is jacked up as high as it could be. Uh, The banks are jacking up their fucking no interest RBA loans as high as they can. And the property prices are at the absolute tippy top. I've got it here. They're called liar loans. One in three Australians are guilty. 37% of all loans are fraudulent. <laughs> like they're liar loans. 37% as of September 30, 2019. So Westpac and NAB charge you 3% and fucking 40% of them are, are actual lies. So I, they don't even dis discharge the duty that they get that premium for they get that premium they get that premium for uh, making sure that the risk is managed and that the, this person can pay it and administering the loan yeah and for 40 fucking percent of them they don't do that job and they still take their percentage well that's what i was going to say imagine that you've gone to westpac and you go i want a home loan and you fill in all the forms and you do it all above the board. You give them every little piece of information, and they're like, "Yep, wow, this is a, this is this is a great application." This, you're so honest, uh, honest Harold, honest Harold over here. He's, he's he's filled in all his forms correctly. He looks great. And then uh, they go, "Look, we charge uh, we charge a little bit of a markup. It's ten times the amount that the RBA is charging us for your loan. Um, but what we do is we manage the risk." And then you go, "Okay, well that's fine." Fifteen years later. Uh, you're sitting there and you're going, wait, hold on. Forty percent of the loans are fraudulent, which means that you've not been managing the risk at all for that ten x that ten bag markup on the fucking loan you got from the Dude, RBA. Hundred percent. What am I paying for? You're uh, you've put me in a situation where I've I've come to you and gone, I want a half a million dollars, uh, and 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 I've done that with you because you should be able to keep me safe from. From what? From the whole fucking system collapsing because everyone else has been lying about their fucking lo- on their loan applications. There's one more scam they do, right? They own the properties. So, you know, ultimately if you default, the bank owns. So they inflate the price as it increases up. But there's one more kicker that's just appeared out of the fucking blue, which is mortgage insurance, which is about <laughs> 8 to 10% or whatever of the price. Now, Which they require you get unless you provide them with a deposit of like, what, 20% or more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is they own the asset, but they get the mortgage insurance. Oh, this is the greatest fucking scam um, of all time. The mortgage insurance, which you pay, vests in their, it invests in their hands if it defaults. Now, surely if I pay for the fucking insurance, if we default, you pay me. <laughs> Because I insured it. They didn't insure it. They've got the fucking... So so this is what happens. The house defaults. They sell it for the the 10% and then the mortgage is insured as well. So that's paid out. So I would say that I don't understand why when I pay 10% or whatever it is, 8%, 10% of my property to insure it in the event I fuck up, that what I should walk away is with zero, like not owing more or less or whatever. There should be no shortfall. It should be dispensed to me, not to them. Do you know what I mean? Because you got the fucking property, you prick. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So it's like this. Not only I crash the car, not only do you get the car, the insurance payout goes to you as well. I'm like, and I walk away fucking bankrupt. Like what the fuck is going on? And why, if I'm paying for insurance, is it not vesting in my name? 
Like, I don't understand. Man, it's it's not double. It's quadruple dip. It's just dipping at Dude, they, every they, point. They, they double hedge you. Grubby little fingers in there. They double hedge themselves the with that mortgage insurance. The best thing that could happen for a bank is that you default on it. And they go, great. What another sucker. We foreclose on the house. We get the house. We get the insurance payout. And... Uh, and and this guy and, and this guy's fucked. And better than that, we we know because we've been giving out loans liberally that we've inflated the property price by a hundred percent in yes. under two years. So we've we've yeah, the doubled only our money. Reason that you're in this position at all is because the is because of the lending strategy, dude. dude and and it's sort of like um the Sahara that thing I was talking to you about the billionaire bad boys from India. Basically, what yes. they do is they get cheap finance they own all the assets in essence all these property they get every pleb and his sister you can get a loan five percent deposit one percent we don't give a fuck the the property prices goes through the roof and then even when it defaults there's a premium there and the net position is they probably make interest and then in the down market because they're insulated because sydney's tripled and it then drops 20 percent. they then fucking lock you in like a little turd do you know what I mean? And, and they, they recoup all their capital. They really don't risk it. The looser they are, the, the more the price goes up, right, of all, all property. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's the scams. Mm-hmm. Like, the question is, why doesn't the RBA do your first mortgage? It just makes sense. Well, I mean, they do, like, they, what, what do they have? They've got those incentives, like first home buyer grants, and that's kind of where it, where it stops, right? Um, are, are there additional taxes... Uh, or additional costs to owning uh, an investment property as opposed to a primary residence? Well, you've got obviously stamp duty, which they ping you for in and out, in and out, just 10%, <laughs> just to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I might admit that when we, in Western Australia, when we agreed to sign on to GST, it was specifically stated that stamp duty would be extinguished. Like that was the written agreement, but it was never on it. Uh, we took the- What? Well, the agreement was that GST would be brought in and one of the exceptions was stamp duty and property would cease and they just uh, they just forgot about it and no one's done anything about it. Fucking They just hell. fucking scammed it. And it's like the documents there and it's just like, well, what can you do? The house wins. Guess we just get, they commit fraud. Is that surely not grounds for a lawsuit? Dude. Look it up. How is that? How is that not grounds for? Why is Clive Palmer dicking around with the fucking border being closed when he could be going after an easy target like stamp duty and just destroying them over it? Do you know? I'm trying to look up this document on this fucking uh, stamp duty thing, but that was my understanding. They were going to abolish it. Yeah. <laughs> after eight years of notionally working to abolish stamp duty. <laughs> eight years. Oh, eight years. oh, sorry, guys. It's good. Look, we're gonna get rid of it. It's gonna take a while, though. It's gonna take about ah, oh, I don't know, the entirety of your schooling life up until <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> up, up, up until you graduate. That's how long it's gonna take. It's gonna take from uh, you from imagine that. Imagine that eight years from year one until you're sitting your the first round uh, of your final exams. That's how long they reckon it's going to take or it was going to take for them to get rid of stamp duty. Why couldn't they just get rid of fucking stamp duty? 
Yeah, man. I've, I'm just trying. How to- long did it take them? To, did it take them eight years to implement the fucking GST? Were they, did they spend eight years going around? Oh, so sorry, guys. There's a lot of products, mate. We're gonna go around. We're gonna change all the barcodes. We're gonna we're gonna handwrite all the new price tags on there. We're gonna go around to every mate, Coles and Woolworths. Work. It's gonna take so long. We're all, we're running out of biro. The question is in Australia, what did the GST come at? In at because they've they've ratcheted it up. Which they said they weren't going to do either. Like it's fucking. It didn't come in at ten <laughs> yeah. percent. It was. I swear it was five percent to start. I remember New Zealand going from uh, ten to. I can't remember if it was fifteen or twelve and a half. But they they did they did it one uh, one year. Dude, how, uh, yeah. You know what I love? It. it I, I I I'm trying to see. I I can't find anywhere online what it started. But they've managed to ratchet it up. I think maybe twice. And they've still reneged on their deal. Like, it's like you bought the car and then they're, they're still charging you and you're like, can I get the vehicle back at some point? <laughs> like, they've not, they've not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Step yeah. Duty's still there. They've uh, they've reneged and, and, and ratcheted up the percentage and at neither of these junctures do they think that they should honour their word of how it got voted no. in. Like they're, they're, no. The thing is that I love so much with government is if I did this, I would be in jail. Because I yeah. basically, if I went to Australian public and said, 5% or whatever, we start off, I'll get rid of this cost, cost for you though. And then over the next few years, ratcheted it up and then d- didn't pay the stamp duty reduction. I mean, I would wake up with handcuffs on me and a fucking uh, gun <laughs> to the back of my head and disappear for 20 years. But it's fine for yeah. the government. Like, w- w- what yeah. really happens... I don't understand why nothing ever gets pursued in with bureaucracies. Like, I don't understand why this isn't a massive scandal. Like, why isn't this a big deal? Who's who's bringing it to who, man? Who's out? Who's who's the person doing it? Like, who's there to go? Hey, guys, you've not done you've not done this correctly. Um, uh, we're gonna slap ourselves on the back of the rest. We've done a poor job by the people. No one's doing that, man. No one gives a fuck. No one cares. They're not. Everyone is greedy and entitled and self-interested. What? Uh, what minister? What prime minister? What member of the Senate is getting up and going, guys? We've been bad boys, you know. It's time for us to get get in the naughty chair. That's never. That's never going to happen. I've done a bad, bad thing. Do you know what? You know what the thing is? They. Um, the reason they do so many various ad hoc taxes is because they probably tax us at seventy five percent of our income. Really, if you add it all up. Well, I mean, it's not it's not seventy five percent. It's it's over a hundred percent. Like you get into debt, the money never existed, and you are paying it that, off forever that's and ever what I'm and saying. ever. I'm Even sa- if you end up with money at the end of it, that never existed in the first place. It's it's a lie. Dude, the thing is, because people would be outraged if they saw the the number that they took, because we all know that they could do a consumption tax that would cover it all. But the, mm. it would make people so furious because it would be, okay, everything's gone. Fucking uh, council rates, registration, this shit, this fucking cost, parking fees, everything's gone. And they would say, you earn 100 grand a year, you get to keep 15,000. 
how do you how do you yeah. like the sound of that? And people would go yeah. like, "Fetch me my shotgun! I'm gonna fucking execute this gun." <laughs> <laughs> but instead, they 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 just rip you, rip you, rip you, and you're like, "I'm on a bridge." You're crossing the bridge. It's fucking. <laughs> that's five hundred bucks, cunt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just hit everywhere you look, and then you're just crying at night, going like, "I can't manage my coals ways. I, I just never seem to have any money." As you're writing out yeah. checks for fucking. Uh, council rates and this shit and that shit and that shit and fucking stamp duty and bloody government rates and who knows what the fuck you pay for. You lose track of it all. And not to forget not to forget the administrative burden that every time these fuckheads... Uh, every time you check your post box, <laughs> there's a new form that you have to put on your fridge, then you have to log in. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to fucking direct debit $12 to the school. The, the government school for a fucking bus trip to the swimming pool? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you think the... Uh, uh, fuck, man. I mean, like, the capitalist system is, is no longer working. If you think that it is still an efficient system, remember that Australia has the highest minimum wage in the world, and what has that gotten Australia? Uh, nothing. Everything well, it sh- what it's mo- done is it's shut down. It shut down Holden. It shut down all the the manufacturing <laughs> businesses because they were better off to take it offshore. So that's what it's got. Exactly. It shut down. It shuts down all the businesses. Uh, but at the same time, it's not actually the highest fucking minimum wage because you are being fucked out of that minimum wage at every opportunity every time you turn your head every time you take a little breath someone is is pinching pennies from your pocket and they're using it what for no it's not to build another state school it's not it's going to a westpac ceo somewhere and he's not paying his tax but you know very well like they they should have only a consumption tax for consumers like businesses fair enough but because then what would happen is i could decide because i like to put my money back into shit to not buy a sports car and instead to set up the hot dog mm. business but because mm-hmm. you already take my money and you take 10 percent for my fucking or lever whatever the super rate is off the cuff but you take that money you take uh the tax money you you know what i mean Be- because of that i mm. don't get the opportunity where I would have set up multiple hot dog businesses. There'd be a lot of new immigrant families running hot dog carts, love and life. But you don't get me, I don't even get that opportunity. I'm not even afforded the chance to reinvest my money because you take it immediately off me and just put it through that churning system. If it was a consumption tax, you know what happened? The hairdresser, who's the resourceful one, would say, let me set up another franchise. And you know what I'll do to do that? I will forego luxury items for a few months and I will reinvest yeah. it because I'm a smart one. The dumb person would go, I'm getting new heels. And then they would pay, instead of $100 for the high heels, $1,200 in GST. And you'd go like, yeah. this seems very clever because the girl that just wanted to buy $1,200 heels, it's probably good that she lost that money because, you know what I mean? They get it back in the pool. And the one that was happy to live like a rat to set up another hairdressing salon deserves yeah. to keep that money. Because they're enterprising. Oh, yeah. Because if you think about it, uh, I mean, it just causes agony. Um, like, I, I've been running a comedy business that has been, uh, like, 50% of the turnover has been going to paying other people's wages. Um, uh, and then 
like I don't know, fucking uh, probably probably ten percent margin in it for me, mm. and then the rest of it costs. And uh, it's been it's been operating, it's been paying people, employing people, encouraging activity and economic stimulation mm. in venues and bars and theaters and all over the place. And then what do I have at the end of it? I have a tax bill. Oh, I have I a tax bill that I am going. It's going to take fucking even longer to to dig my way out of. How's, how's this for this idea? It's touch and go, so early on cash flow is a problem. On the years that you're abundant, the farmer where, where it rains and you make money, we're taking that immediately. On the years it didn't rain, oh, we're in tough time, I'm no longer a partner. I'm happy for you to honour that. And next time you go well, you can deduct that <laughs> yeah, off your yeah, profit. Yeah. But for the next seven years, when there's no feast and it's famine, I want nothing to do with your fucking business. Rack that up as a, a nominal uh, arbitrary amount. Someday I'll pay. And in seven years, when I, my family's been roasted and we're fucked, we'll acknowledge that loss. But I'm only a partner for the good times. I'll only be, you know, only when you're six. You know, imagine if it was a, a wife was like that. I'm only around when you're, or a husband, your, your partner. Only for the, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your partner. Only on the, not, not on the lean years though, love. I love you to bits. <laughs> but I'll fuck you only yeah. on the years that the stockbroking business is in profit. On your bad years. Yeah. You'll get credits up for sex. You can rack them up, <laughs> but I'm fucking. Li- I'm living somewhere else. I want nothing to do with your fucking tainted shit. That's what the tax office does. That's right, honey. It's uh, June thirtieth again. So uh, hop up on the scales and uh, ooh, you're a bit of a big one this year. <laughs> you're waiting a little it's too a ha- high. So guess what? You're not getting the dicky, and I'm going over the road. And Jessica's gonna. I'm gonna bang the shit out of Jessica. But I tell you what, you lose a bit of weight, okay? You start looking trim and svelte again. I'll come back and take care of the kids. But until that point, fatty, I'm going over to fuck your sister. That's that, 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 that's the the partner of the ATO, and it's like, look, I'm not an asshole. I would have had sex once a month. So you you notch those up on that board, and when you looking half decent. I'll come back in and give you a fucking grilling, you beautiful lass. But until then, don't fucking even talk to me. And I just pray to God that you don't die. But have a good life. See you in eight years. That's how the tax office works. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But and also, but but if you do, if you do pass away, well, we're uh, we're, we're taxing your estate, so we're still gonna get it at the end. Somehow. They tax, man. They tax everything. And and I think I said it uh, last week. The, you often worry about death, but then you, it's immediately followed by the, the relief at not having to do a tax return or any forms ever again. And you're like, you know what? It's yeah. probably worth it. I just imagine them <laughs> nailing tax returns to my coffin and going like, there's no one in here. I was cremated. I'm, I'm fucking done. Fucking, you can't get me anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, catch me if you can. It's like the ultimate hiding place is being fucking dirt. And then you, you can finally be free of this. Because... The other thing is, if you look at the clunky nature of society now, when you mm. look at a large chunk of jobs are largely just administrative paperwork, keeping records of mm. what happened. Do you know that the, the grain, do you know like what's accounting? Accounting is just a bad records, uh, a record system of a game you're not playing, like a score list that eventually is binned. But you know what I mean? You have to sit there and just get all this paper 
to to document what happened? Well, exactly. Imagine if you if you eradicate everything aside from the consumption tax, and you've just got the consumption tax in there, and suddenly you don't need to worry about it, mate. It's an automated. You set up automated system. Okay, the money comes in. And then a little bit gets taken off and sent to the government every time there's an expenditure. And then what happens? Fucking the big four fall down. The accountants, they fall down. All that software and TurboTax, all gone. That means Cheryl doesn't have to cry, you know, on uh, in July. I've, I don't know where, where I put the scrunchy invoices. I don't know. I don't know. And she's crying and I don't get numbers. Here's fucking three grand. For a guy, and, and, and what I love about the tax return for remedial tax returns is the entire process is data gathering. So, like, getting your invoices, getting your income, that's the mm-hmm. whole job. But they charge mm-hmm. you three grand. The moment you, they go, like, go and get me all your expenses, all your profits, all this, at that point, you've done the tax return. It's largely just plugging yeah. in five big yeah. numbers, and then that's it done. <laughs> and you go, I'll take three grand out of your 60 grand business and I, I don't worry that that's not ethical. I mean, the, I had to dump my tax agent because I started, um, I'm, I'm going, hey, I, I don't know, like the business is going whatever, but I'm like, these 60% jumps in tax fees, I said, can you just uh, justify them? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to see yeah. where the extra work is. And, you know, they're yeah, like, what are you? what are these new overheads? What's going on? Is something, are you doing all right? Do you need me to do your tax return, mate? Because you seem to be struggling a little bit. Because why am I getting fucking jacked up 60% unless something's going fucking wrong on your end of things? Dude, dude this is my favourite. This is what I sent to the, the woman that did my tax. She was like dubious on it. Oh, well, there's your first problem, mate. Oh, no, mate. I wasn't doing a gender <laughs> thing. I was just saying this is the late, the person I sent it to. Uh, I, right. I sent my workload, so the business remained the same, the revenue, yeah, and then I sent that, the activity of my business, next to their fees. And you could just see the fucking gouging <laughs> that had happened. And I was like, hey, I said, just look, I know that you don't want to talk numbers. I said, here's a chart. Can you just explain your graph to me? Like, what's going on? <laughs> And she goes, well, fees are up. And I said, what, what, what uh, 60% per annum twice? I said, well, how's that? What, what does that reconcile to? Can you explain, like, what is your uh, – either the graduate doesn't know what he's doing or he's now charging me fucking $1,200 an hour. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? How much are you paying people? And I said, I'm fine with that, but just reconcile it to me. Does Jimmy – that unqualified non-CPA, is he actually now earning 320 grand a year? Because that's what I'd like to fucking see. I want to see his pay slip so you can explain why you're not going to jail. Because you, you're yeah. actually committing fraud. But no, 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 we'll just gouge it. Do you know what the thing is? The most conservative accountants, if you still look at their, 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 um, if you look at their charge-out fees and their billables and the way it works each year, they're fucking worse than mechanics. Because they've got the same service, they're just changing the oil. But if you look at their, the, the gouging that happens on their charge-out rates, they are basically uh, despicable. 
It's actually despicable. It doesn't match wage growth. It doesn't match anything to do with anything. It's just, can we get away with it? Of course. And they can get away with it because they got you over a fucking barrel, man, because the tax law and the whole system is so convoluted. Oh, no, no, they might, no there's a negative gearing, and then you got to offset your business purchases. And then, oh, you what, you got you got space in your house that you use for work? Well, you got to go measure that out, and you got to get the floor plan for that. And how does that compare to the entirety of the house? Oh, that's a, that's a company car did you use any of it man if you run a small business you're doing the fucking social media management you're bookkeeping for the ato you're cleaning shit yeah. you're lifting stuff you're doing the sales you're doing the taxes you're doing the marketing you're doing your own fucking it sometimes you have to do your hr if you dude you're basically like a homeless person if you were good enough to, to or successful enough to employ somebody you're doing the hr for that then you're doing the bass and if you're a real fuckwit you're doing vehicle maintenance home office renovation sometimes and but it was crazy somehow somehow that even with all of this all of this stuff it's still preferable to do this than work for someone else because you probably have a lower chance of killing yourself oh dude and the, the thing it's so good and do you know what the thing is to actually abide by what they want you you virtually have to be like that a homeless person with the trolley like when you go to the shops, you just have to yeah. grab yeah. receipts. You bought a stick of gum. You got to fucking shove that into your greasy jacket. You got to have. I got a Coca Cola. I better fucking put that into the file. You, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the year, you have like a fucking paper mache house of like anything over two dollars has been ca- captured. It's insane, man. Man, I saw a news.com.au article three years ago that said. Uh, that you don't need to keep receipts if you've got bank statements. And I took that at face value and fuck them. Man, I, audit me. I don't care. We'll go through it together. We'll both sit down and try and remember what the fuck I purchased in 2016. They just set you up for jail. Because uh, ba- yes. basically what, what they're doing is they, they data match all the hairdressers. They data match all the plumbers. So they know from the AI and the statistics that you at, mm. at 90 grand, your deduction should be 20 and you should have about a four grand uh, car allowance. So they already have all these stats. Then they allow you to mm. run wild like a multi-choice. But if you get it wrong, you go to jail for five <laughs> years. But they can already assume that you eat a hot dog a day, that you take one dump, that you do this. The numbers are fucking roundable. You don't need to do this paperwork. It's it. Do you know what I mean? The business, unless you're uh, dumb... What you're doing should be mirroring all your competitors or close to. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so a hairdresser doesn't need to do this paperwork because she, you can see she makes 90 grand. So mm-hmm. her cost for fucking hair products will be about 3,000 and she'll have a four grand margin on that. And do you know what I mean? Like all the numbers are compa- comparable. There's no one in there that's fucking doing special Elon Musk haircuts. It's all the same <laughs> shit. You're just trimming the dog. <laughs> Trim the dog. Trim the dog. Why do you waste your time fabricating and they've got to try like keep inventorized as if like they're creating miracles out there at, at Jimmy's salons? <laughs> I'm like, we all know what you do, right? So you can model it. You can model it based on the revenue and you don't need these fucking guesses and these accurate expense breakdowns. You can just give estimates. If you want, we're happy for you to deduct X, Y, Z, Z and you can just click it and they can just assume that if you have a hairdresser, you own scissors. 
Because you're not fucking burning it off with a lighter. We just assume you got scissors, right? We assume you have a fucking store. We assume you you pay someone, you've got a cash register. We can work it out. You earn 90 grand. Generally, a hairdresser will spend 30 grand of that in costs. That you can take that if you want, Cheryl, and then you don't have to fucking collect invoices from Spotlight. How's that for a deal? And you've got one arm, uh, the ATO going, uh, yeah, no, we need, we need all your estimates. And it not and it's even to the point where they're going, well, what do you think you're going to earn next year? And you go, I, I'm not too sure. And you're like, well, you need to figure it out because you've got to pay us in advance as well now. We want that in installments. Oh, w- why? You know, just, just, it'll just make things a lot more simple. And you've got the other arm where you're going, which is, uh, <laughs> which is, I mean, I guess it's, it's the ASX, but you know, it's ASIC, it's everyone. And you're going, well, we think there's between 10 and a million yeah. uh, or 10 and a hundred million barrels down here. And they go, no, 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 shut up. Shut up. Too much. Don't say that. You're not allowed to say that, mate. That's too much. It's like, how come I'm allowed to guess here? I'm not allowed to guess there. No. What the fuck? Dude, and I, oh, mate, it's just, it's so annoying, dude. You know what the thing is? It actually, it actually makes me think because you spend like two to five working days, depending on your business, doing tax shit generally. Yes. So one. Yes. And then paying your accountant for it as well. So you're paying for that, but realistically you should be able to charge the tax office your chargeable rate for your time to do that. I mean, I've always wanted this argument where you ring Telstra or Vodafone and they waste your time for six hours. You should be able to say, here's my invoice, fuckhead. I charge out at two grand. I'm a fucking partner at PwC. It's two grand an hour. You owe me eight grand. I had to wait on a. I waited on a call for two hours. Pay me four thousand dollars because this is my time. Do you know what I mean? Why? Why does your time not have value? I did think about this, right? Like, if you, uh, I guess, effectively, if you could find the uh, accounts receivable uh, address for Telstra. Uh, then after you get off the phone with them, you can just make an invoice and send it to them. And if they pay it, excellent. I wonder what the chances of them actually paying it would be. Because I feel like you probably slip a few through the cracks before they're like, what's this consulting fee for? These are the numbers <laughs> I want. This is what I want because it's the same with uh, warranties and returns. Like I, when it, I, can, can you save this for two seconds? Because I, I need to piss yeah, real Yeah, I'll come bad. back as well, man. I'm going to get it. All right. That was lucky. Very fucking lucky. The big question is, like, uh, because they don't value your time, like, I don't understand why that's possible. Like, Vodafone, with their wait times and their return times, this should all be documented. Because when you used to audit companies, they'd go, oh, we've got, like, a 2% return rate. And they would actually factor it in and go, look, the, the good's faulty, but we're only getting 5% return, so we've modelled it. And it's cheaper to just fucking dish it out. This shit fucking coffee machine that keeps breaking. It's like we only get 5% yeah. back, so who cares? Do you know what I mean? They go through yeah. the warranty process. or Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 There's companies that have their returns rate through the fucking roof. And I'm like, surely when you buy it, it's the same with, um, with airlines, dude. I want to see their fail rate. Like how many delays, Jetstar always charges this, but it should be like we're in uh, a 90% uh, delay rate at the moment, generally averaging about four hours on every flight. So do you know you should see that stat and the size of your seat? Some of these fuckheads have smaller seating plans. 
Do you know what I mean? All this shit should be uh, knowable information when you log in. You should be able to say, well, I'll, I'll go Qantas because they've got a, a three-hour delay average. Uh, Jetstar's 15 hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, okay, how's, how's this for a move then? How's this for a move? Uh, you, okay, you, you run a company. Uh, you, you track all that time, all that lost time at, at a fair average hourly rate. And then you take that time and you report that time uh, as a loss to the ATO. And you go, yeah, I had 350 lost hours in the last financial year. Um, they uh, like unpaid, unpaid time that I, that I contributed. And it's a loss. How about this for a business? Like even an idea, like, do you know how you have TripAdvisor and all this shit is if you monitor every, every product, do you know what I mean? So you've got like, you do almost polling, I mean, so for flight delays, you can monitor that because you can see the flight times and then how often they're delayed. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you could produce that on a weekly or um, annual basis and go, you get 19 hours wait on Jetstar. But I agree with you, you could bill it as well. But this could fuck products up. Do you know what I mean? If you had that knowable information and you go, Vodafone's wait time is on average... Uh, 2.8 uh, or two hours two hours and optus yeah because you know what i found amazing is i went to xmouth and vodafone doesn't have coverage there and they didn't make that knowledgeable like uh, uh telstra covers it but when i went and bought and i thought it was a comparable product they knew that they didn't pay for the signal in xmouth and i didn't have to sign a document that showed a map with all the blackouts for Vodafone and they, they, yeah. they didn't have to disclose we've got 80% coverage and uh, Telstra's got 90. Like that doesn't appear anywhere in any of the paperwork unless it's in all those fucking um, footnotes and, you know, those clauses. But I'm like, that, that, that should be on the front side. So when you pay $60 for Vodafone and Telstra 70, you, you might have gone Telstra. Like if you knew, hang on, you what? You don't even have a fucking cell... You don't have a signal in Xmouth. Are you kidding me? Like, fuck you. Of course I'm going to pay more. Like, your product sucks. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not buying Apple. Uh, I'm comparing apples and oranges. You're a different product, you lying fucks. How do they get away with it? If you have lost income like that, uh, invoices that aren't paid, is there is there any taxable clawback that I'm not thinking of? Mate. Like, is there any ramification? If you like, so if, if I invoice, uh, if I invoice you for uh, services or goods rendered and you never pay, uh, aside from the cost of the good, uh, is there anything else that I can factor in uh, later on when I go to the go to do my return at the end of the year? Dude, I I, I don't think so, but I I think you could actually have uh, this could be our next thing: the class action for delays. Because uh, like a, a Jetstar, you could work out, yeah. okay, on average, they've wasted uh, four days and then you could net the chargeable rate. All the meetings missed, the partner that was on there, the, the guy. Do you know what I mean? It's just assumed to be leisure. But if you could have proved that these are all work trips, you could end up multiplying that by that and liquidating the fucking company. And saying, well, oh, this, okay, this, this this is actually coming into what I was thinking, right? What about a company? It's a it's a it's a just a loss company. So people invoice um, for all their time lost to whoever customer service reps, ATO taxes, whatever it is. They invoice uh, to uh, that company. Then the company liquidates at the end of the year because they owe 
thousands and thousands and thousands, hundred millions of dollars, right? And then those tax write-offs go to the people who invested in the company. Oh, mate, yeah, <laughs> dude, you. So and so you've got you've got tax you've got a tax write-off that carries forward because the com- company's liquidated, and you've got a uh, you, you've effectively got an IO, IOU from them saying, hey, we we owe you this money, and then the creditors come looking. Well, liquidators come looking and there's nothing there. What about this for like the, the time invoice? Because you, you unionize it. So you, you basically create a factoring company and you pay something, you pay people 2% of the debt, 98% written off, and you just basically amalgamate every single person's time that was wasted on the Vodafone uh, phone line. <laughs> and then you, you sue them for, you know what I mean? Uh, 87 million dollars and you've got all the verified phone records and the charge out rate of every person and you basically say we're coming at you for 180 million dollars jetstar you owe 1.2 billion dollars in uh delays we've proved statistically that you do it Uh, or, or a phone call and that's a chargeable time and uh we shouldn't have to i just don't understand why it's free it's fair enough as an inquiry, but if it's dealing with a live product where they fucked up, surely you should get compensated. Surely. I just don't know why your time's not valued. As soon as it was, the call centres would improve and the customer experience, they would be incentivized to do it. At the moment, um, mum and dad are, are valued as zero. So it's like, well, why yes. would you improve it? Who cares? Well, it's like I got a, uh, I got a, I got a ticket. As I call it's a little cryptocurrency uh, tax. I got a little tax for for making making money the other week, and uh, apparently I'd run a run a red light and got one of them in the mail. Four hundred dollars, and like you can't you can't even talk to them. You can't. There's there's nothing you can do short of going to court. Uh, and if you do that and you lose, you have to pay more money to cover the court fees. It's like, well, what about my time? How how come my time isn't counted in this? How come I'm paying you for the court fees and you're not? What if I win? You're not paying me for my fucking court fees. Wh- which is it? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do I not have some kind of right to ask questions about this fucking uh, the speeding or red light or whatever this parking fine that I've gotten? Well, I w- I want more information. I want to know. Who who is the parking inspector? Is he is he is he an alcoholic? Does his family think he's a fuckhead? I want to know if that red light camera, how long's it been there? How muddy is the lens? When was the last time it was calibrated? And in order to go in and find out, I've got to take a punt on these fucking court fees and a day off. Well, that's the thing, and you have to go in personally. You should be able to amalgamate that into one la- lawyer, one lawyer practice that says, look. It's yes. four hundred dollars. Um, if I get it, will you pay me three hundred? Okay, I'm going to do it, and then you just build them all up, and then you challenge <laughs> yeah. every single fucking ticket ever. <laughs> so they, they have to send in a police officer. They have to tie yeah. up the thing, and it, instead of just getting an easy four hundred, it's like, are oh, there some fuckhead in Osborne Park? <laughs> That disputes ah. every single fine. He, he goes and represents them. <laughs> and he just basically, he stands there. He's like, pull the camera records. I want to see the camera records for each day, the calibrations, I, I everything. Wanna, I want to see calibration. I want to see the calibration audit. I want to see. Yes, I'm appealing. <laughs> Imagine if you, you had someone that appealed everything and it would just collapse in on itself. Like, um, But, man, I don't know. these. I, I just... Um, yeah, it's so annoying, dude. Like the everything could be a lot better 
<laughs> Everything sucks. It's so much paperwork. <laughs> Everything does suck, man. Dude, I, I, I like it because we started this. Uh, we started talking about inefficiencies, and it, it's the theme has been just inefficiencies. Uh, from IPB being inefficient in uh, catching up to the valuation. Yeah, but the of, thing, the thing uh, is, you know what? IPB's killed me now because I've been looking at it, and I'm like, the way it's traded now, it's like, well. It's just going to be uh, in hibernation for a year now. So it's a complete fuck up. I should have just sold into the spike. Yeah, but no, but when it does, man, when it does, it's going to be a fucking uh, 2,000% gain. Well, the thing is, look, put it this way, it can drift to whatever, but I'm going to start buying everything I can because I think I can get 30 cents from this. So if it goes to three, I can make 10 times. So if you put 10 grand in, you can make 100 grand uh, if you're willing to wait. So, I mean, as long as I just keep buying it, in a, in a year's time, I will have made 10 times my money. I mean, that's all right going, dude. Got <laughs> that's fucking great going. Well, what if, we, um, what, if we, what if we pump it up? How much would we effectively need to really, uh, like, kickstart the, the movement on this? It's a low-volume stock. Dude, stop, I man. just love, I love this idea of going, like, so, say you were a small retail investor. You own, you own 10 grand in IPV. And then you go to National Australia Bank with their their <laughs> forecasts and records and you go, okay, I'm an owner. And they go, hang on, you're not an owner, dude. You own five grand in IPV. And you're like, I, this is my business. Um, we've got an agreement here that's paying 30 and then 250. I would like to buy uh, two million, yeah, $12 million of it to extend. And they, they issue it to you on the basis of the cash flows. And you end up, you become the owner of IPV. You buy it. Can you imagine that? You go to Bank West with their data and they go, okay, well, you are part owner. And I said, I would like to borrow for my business to fund it. And they lend you the $12 million. Could you? Oh, man. Just imagine, imagine this, right? You've, you've, got a, you've got 10 grand in there and you go, okay, look, the price isn't moving. I know what I'll do. And you go and you get the loan and you, you go in with, uh, with 12 mil and you're just trading it back and forth until the price has been jacked up and your 10 grand is now worth, uh, is, is now worth 250 grand. And then you take it straight back and you go, great, I've cashed out. You, you have a bank uh, a bank subsidized pump and dump scheme for any low volume stock you like, dude. I just love the thought of um, basically going, Look, hey, I'm, I'm a like you're so naive. You go to Bankless, I'm a part owner of uh, an oil business. <laughs> and like, How much do you own? And you're like, 0.001%. I'd like to increase that stake. Here's some of the financials. <laughs> I'm looking for a $12 million loan. And they go, hang on, that's the market. And they're like, they're like Mr. Wolf, sorry, uh, we, like, we can't do this for you. And you go, excuse me, do you know who I am? I'm a part owner in Bank West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> and you're pulling out your, your chess holdings for Bank West. You've got six Dude, shares. I, I just love the thought of like, I, I, I want to get finance, hear the numbers. And they go, these aren't your numbers. You're not even the MD. And you're like, these are real numbers, right? There's 30 mil coming in in six weeks. I want to fund it up front. I'm going to fund the 18 million. I'm buying it out, baby. And then, you, you, you know what I mean? You go from being a housewife going or a, a tradie into Bank West and suddenly you own IPB outright and because of the yeah, mispricing. Yeah. What um like what percentage of a of a stock's volume would you need to efficiently 
do a good pump and dump on it. So like what IPB half a mil for IPB. Dude, I don't do pump and dumps. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm asking in theory. Like in theory, how how does it how does it work for actually uh, making that move? I think like on an IPB, say it's uh, trading at twelve mil. I think if you uh, aggressively put um, four million bucks in, it would you could make this thing fucking go. Like how how go are we talking about when we say go? Well, I'm saying like you could triple it. Really? I think if you bought if you tomorrow they're sitting there and you said fuck you, fuck you. Okay, it's four cents. I'll buy um four uh, a third of the register. Uh, mm. the, 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 that effectively, or say four million bucks, right? Four mil. So you buy you own now own a third of the business and you don't put it back in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you don't put it back on the market. So it's, it's, it's going it's to, you know what I mean? You're now 33, you own 33% of the business. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. $4 million yeah. would have dire impacts for people because do, do you know what I mean? Like if you pump four in, if, if, if you pump six mil in right now, tomorrow you can end up with 50% of the voting rights. So you could, you could, what you could do, you could borrow, you could borrow, uh, you could borrow six million one hundred, you know, or whatever, seven million, six million, and you could end up with fifty percent, and then you could vote to suspend the mine and just cash out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how much would you need until uh, until that was viable? Well, that's the thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't even need whole whole ownership. You could just get up to half. So it's a thirteen mil. So you get uh, you get uh, six and a half mil or whatever. You get six and a half mil in there. You now own fifty percent of it. Then you could go and hold a meeting, and you could dispense the MD, and you could force yourself onto the board, and you could say, "We sell fucking, we sell hot dogs now, and we're giving that uh, exploration license over for free, and I'm taking the thirty mil out now." Delicious meatballs smothered in tomato marinara sauce or pepperoni and salami with melted cheese on freshly toasted bread. It's tough to choose just one delicious winter warmer from our $7 Subway footlong menu, but not as tough as it was for corporate to choose to sever ties with convicted sex criminal Subway Jared. That's why it took us more than a month to announce over Twitter after his arrest. Subway is fresh! Man, where can you um, where can you find the ASX? Doesn't have the uh, the order book, does it? What do you mean? Like, I want to see, I want to see what um, what market orders are currently in there. Like, how much of the stock is currently on the on the market that I could make an offer for? Oh, they've got like six million units. Six million units. Yeah, that's not enough, is it? That's nowhere near enough. The the the, the thing is, man, it's just like um, it, it, uh, this is the the big thing that you need, and it's my dream is uh, to have a sufficient capital to fuck the brokers every time. That's my dream. Yes. So, like, when they put the algorithm on and they drop Mesoblast to $1, I do a hostile takeover and it's a private company now. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, when they drop yeah, yeah, National yeah. Australia Bank to $14, I hostile takeover the whole fucking thing. It's gone. <laughs> that day, it disappears. Yeah. It ceases to exist. <laughs> And then they're like, we can't get our fucking money back because we can't do trades. I'm like, it's, it's not on the board anymore. It's a private entity. Andrew, sure thing owns it now. 
It's gone. You fucked up, cunts. <laughs> you shorted the fuck out of it. Your short stock's fucked. It's not even listed anymore. You fuckhead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The borrowed thing. They like. Yeah. yeah, yeah imagine all the shorters. Nine, ten percent of me. So at times, I take it off the the list. So they've short sold it. It's it's got a zero value on that ASX now. So you've you're wiped, cunt. You're gone. You're like, I don't know who's gonna fucking <laughs> buy back your stock. It's not even a tradable stock anymore. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Imagine just doing that. So every time they, they try to arbitrage and, and play around, you just basically swoop in and take it over. This is my dream. So that they, they just go, this absolute fuckhead. We tanked National Australia Bank to $14. He bought it outright. We're fucked. <laughs> we can't fucking trade back. He now owns it. He's fucked us. Do you know what I mean? Like we can't make our money back. We've got a fucking... 8% of the stock shorted. It's not listed anymore. It's worthless. Like we're fucking, we got loans of, of hundreds of millions of dollars are gone. I do want to know how, uh, how you get one of these HFT bots on the, on the market, man. Like there's got to be, I wonder what the barrier for entry is. Dude, I think it would, uh, it's money driven, right? I think um, you just got to uh, have enough power. You can do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? You just email, uh, ASIC and ASX and tell them that if they don't put it on, they're no longer the director of uh, ASX. It's up to you, cunt. You decide. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you so either with with enough money or with uh, or with a weapon in person. I think it would be very obvious. You'd just say, look, I know you like your job. Do you want to keep it? We'll fucking put this bot on now or you're out <laughs> in six months. That's it. That's, that's the end of the, the bottom line. I would love to make the most annoying bot of all time that just traded uh it traded against itself on uh on the lowest volume penny stocks it, it, it could just driving the price up ridiculous heights with low volumes very quickly until other people jump on uh and then uh man just 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 absolute chaos absolute mania on did you there. see did you see someone i don't know if it was bitcoin or oil they had a they had a a derivative hooked up on it and they uh because of the massive plunge or futures they had something fucking highly leveraged in there two grand and they owed they owed they owed at the end of trading nine hundred thousand dollars so, <laughs> so, so they went from they had two grand Fuck. like they were a fucking like a student that worked at big dub nightfell and by the end of oh business they God. owned nine hundred thousand to, to <laughs> that must be oil, man. That can't be. Uh, that can't be Bitcoin because Bitcoin would just liquidate you. Like if you hit the liquidation price, it would be gone. Yeah, it was an That's oil amazing. future or something. I, I saw it. They said, "Careful what you do, guys." This guy looked away. But I mean, how could that maneuver? Because if it had come off, imagine that move where you just uh, you punt it as a student. You're happy to get bankrupt. You put two grand in on one of the most speculative future plays on oil, you, somehow there's a fucking war declared and suddenly you're worth $15 million. Do you know what I mean? Like in one move. Man, that's Wall Street bets, man, is constantly people doing that. People doing uh, long calls on Tesla stocks and you just watch their accounts go from like, about, yeah, oh, I've got two grand. And they do a, a ridiculous long and just pick a bottom and it works. And then, man, after six months, they're up like two and a half mil and you're thinking, wow, what the fuck? And then you, what, you, man, they'll make these videos and then that two and a half mil, you'll see it start to drop and it will just keep going and going and going until they're absolutely gone. And you think, surely, 
on two grand, you take out two and a half mil. That's what I think uh, Trump's entire presidential thing was about, was um, mm. um, arbitraging Dow Jones and whatnot. Because if you look at the charts from where, like how it normally goes to how it went during his, his uh, electoral, uh, his period, he fucking mm. jammed that thing up and down like a fucking seesaw. <laughs> and like, this was his Twitter, man. And he was linked, he was linked <laughs> with Goldman Sachs and all those boys, and you're, you're kidding yourself if they didn't give a heads up. If you look at the way he fucking <laughs> sliced and diced that thing, I've never <laughs> seen the index operate like that. He fucking whipshawed up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Look at from 2008 <laughs> on Dow Jones to now, and it looks, it's just, it's just insane. And it's all Trump. And if you, I'm sure if you followed the money, they've made trillions of dollars out of what they've done during this time. It probably had nothing to do with being president. The amount of money this fuckface has made, including the COVID crash, which is as big as whatever the 1920, you know, whatever the, 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 the big crash back then. I mean, are yeah. you looking at the chart? It's insane. Yeah, I'm looking at the chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it rips, dude. The, how, how many times he tanked it and then it bounced back and look at the time frames, like the volatility, like it would drop 10 to 15% and then recover 10 to 15% and then he dropped it like fucking 30% and then it recovered 30%. I mean, this shit's never happened. But no, the FAC, n- n- none of these fucking regulators are going are to give a shit about it. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Like, like the, uh, and, and all through a social media platform as well. It's insane. It's insane how much damage you can do. Man, like, uh, lo- like Elon um, shaking off the shorts and just making wild declarations on what he thinks the price of Tesla stock should be. Uh, uh, just absolutely rinsing people. It's so funny, man. Mate, I think I said, it's the FCA, isn't it? I don't know what I said. I always get the, the wrong word. Uh, I don't remember. Is it the Federal, Federal FTC? Federal Trade Commission? Yeah, I fucking, I, I don't, what did I say? I don't know. I don't remember that bit. I was busy looking at the chart like you told me to. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, spurred <laughs> off something. But anyway, I was going to say to you, like, it's interesting, man. Like, the thing that I find funny is that people do it, but the paper trail exists. So, like, they could always get pinged. For anything they've done, do you know what I mean? Like they can't sleep at night. They haven't done it by the book, don't you think? Like, yeah. Man, who who does the brokering for uh, futures contracts? Like, is it just a regular broker? What do you mean? Like, they they you can get them all over the place. Like the big. Uh, I know, but I know. I mean, I mean, like it, it it's it's it, yeah. Just just anyone will do that for you. Like, what? Why are um? What? Why are the? Why is the leverage on them so much? were able to be so much higher and why are they also then willing to like i, I just don't understand what how this guy making a uh a two thousand dollar oil futures contract play how uh whoever gave him the futures contract lets him get to that point where it's closing out at negative nine hundred thousand. like who's issued him that contract Dude, it's SEC. I don't know why it's in FAC. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> go on. Sorry, I just I, I just realised I said whatever. Go on, go on, continue. I said why? Uh, uh, who, yeah, who's <laughs> Securities Exchange Commission? What the fuck was I saying? I said Facebook. I don't know. I, I, don't, I missed this code. bit. <laughs> okay, anyway, go on. I missed this bit. If uh, who's 
yeah, who's do, who's doing the brokering for this um uh, for these futures contracts? Because I, I don't understand how this guy can make a two thousand dollar futures oil play and close out the day negative nine hundred thousand without whoever issued him the contract fucking liquidating it or calling him screaming or what it like how how is that happening yeah dude i don't i don't know because like the thing is you've got like goldman sachs and those guys that administrate it but then there's a lot of like fucking online dicey places that allow you like ig markets here let you do it i don't know i don't know you know what i mean like how tightly they're controlled do you know what i mean they're almost like a sub register but wouldn't they why wouldn't they just have a wouldn't they just have a, a liquidation point in place to to stop this? Yeah, you would think so, hey. Well, yeah, because because and what what like why is the leverage on a futures contract able to be so much higher? Uh, if that's- dude, I don't know the full science of this. Um, <laughs> I don't. I've got. I'm trying to look it up because I like I understand like a futures contract. Uh, easy enough to understand and explain. It's a contract that gives you the option to purchase something so that you don't have to uh, own the underlying asset that you're purchasing the contract for and you can sell the contract later uh at a higher at a higher price as the value of the thing goes up or down yeah yeah that's fine i just don't i don't get where the uh 50x leverage comes yeah yeah but i i think i think i think i think like they have like contracts for difference underlying it so you can do like a contract for different on a future do you know what i mean like they have subsets and subsets they're businesses that do things outside of the exchange i don't know i've got to find the exact mm. example dude what i'm saying to you is not everyone goes directly into futures you can do a contract for dis- difference do you know what i mean like you can trade mesoblast and not own the the stock yeah yeah of course well that's what that's what a futures is right like there's contracts for difference which is what i'm saying you can do a contract for difference on a futures so I I, sh- I know what you're saying is there should be a, a catch out that as soon as it hits you got two grand as soon as it's zero it's it's closed. But I well you would think that any any broker would put that in place. Um, but what what's the contract for difference, mate? You I'm not going to do uh, fucking lessons for people on here. Tell me what a con- what do you contract mean? for difference is. What I, what is it? I, I know I, like I don't know what a contract for difference is in this. Uh, it's in, basically a contract that of... you can you can buy or sell, and you split the difference on an underlying asset, right? So it's like mesoblast, and you you know what I mean. It's a, a type of it's almost like a derivative. You can do it in commodities, currencies, everything. Yeah, but you, what do you mean by split the difference? Well, it's what, a contract for difference. You so you, you you know what I mean. You say mesoblast. Uh, at ten and then ten ten to uh, ten dollars to twelve and then you pick that two dollars but you pay a percentage for that too. Do you know what I mean? Like you pay a fee, right? A contract for difference. So you don't own the underlying thing. You pay out the right for a certain percentage of, of units on that, and you just trade up or down like the two dollar. Do you know what I mean? On a high level. Okay, I'm. I can't. Kind of. I'm kind of getting it, but I'm. A, I'm I haven't. I haven't heard of this before. I'm a little bit lost. Well, mate, just look it up. <laughs> I don't want to end up going into detail. Is it a type of option? No, it's contract. contract is this what it is, man? They they do it over above indexes, you know, like for various stocks. Okay, so tell me how you how how do you make money on it? Tell me how it would work, dude. I haven't actually I haven't done them, but I'm saying to you, yeah. what you do is you. How do you make money? <laughs> On the contract for difference in particular. So, so let's say the 10 to 12 mesoblast thing. How are you, wh- what's, what's the mechanism that you're making money on this thing? 
Like where where is the where is the additional value coming from? Are you saying that you're making money if it goes uh, from ten to twelve, yes. but if it doesn't, it's a binary outcome? Yes. So you, you you sort of you go after you go after movements, right? So you, you, okay, you know what I mean? Price like move- like like betting on a spread, like betting on a spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of the contract for difference. Do you know what I mean? So you pay, it's ten, and you say I'll go to twelve, and you you purchase units for that sort of movement. Do you know what I mean? And then when it escalates okay. up. You st- it's it's basically like the same as any derivative, but you know what I mean. It's stripped out. It's con. It's called contract for difference, and it's done on pre-stipulated sort of price movements. But I haven't fully uh. invested in it, man. It's a subset. You know, like you could you could get a contract. You could get a contract for different on Mesoblast, and then trade the move. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like such a weird uh, a weird derivative. Like what a I. I never really understood those. Um, well, the difference is, it, it, you know what I mean? It is it is like a derivative. You know, you, you just pay for the, the price differential. You don't actually own the stock. So you, the ass, underlying yeah. assets, so you don't have any impact on its demand or supply. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like gambling. What's the value of that compared to... Uh, an options contract where you're not you're not worried about the spread like is it is it a higher leverage you can get in it or what the fuck's the go well i mean in a way it is an option isn't it because you you buy you say um mesa blast at five dollars and then you buy the right to buy it at five dollars and then do you know what i mean as it increases to seven do you know what I mean? You're not buying. You're not buying the units. You would have to pay five dollars yeah. for every unit, but you might pay five cents per unit to have that. So you know what I mean? Like the yeah. mar- the the margin and multiples. It's the same thing for the contract for difference. It's the same fucking. I don't understand what the benefit of having the uh, the like the ten to twelve is when uh, unless it's something like well, it just allows you a higher leverage position. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying, dude. I'll have to. That's okay. Uh, yeah, but then why? Why is a futures contract? Why are they? Why are they able to give you like a fifty x leverage on it or a hundred x leverage on it uh, when a traditional margin would not let you do that at all? You're already leveraged, right? Because it's a future. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're buying the right to do something. You're not buying the underlying yeah. asset. So that already gives you many multiples of leverage. Do you know what I mean? But then I think you can do margins in on those. You know, which is how you end up with a hundred times leverage. Yeah, I I just don't quite get like. And then the, the reason they let you do that is because you have a hundred thousand grand. You have a hundred thousand dollars in your account, and you enter yeah. five grand's worth. Yeah, and you. But go- you've got the security sitting in your account, so they let you leverage right up to a hundred. But then if you get it wrong, you've got zero. I just don't understand what the difference is for a... Uh, There's no difference in some uh, of these... Why? No, no, hold on. I was going to say, I was about to say I don't understand what the difference is for a broker, but I guess the difference for a broker is that you can't go in with five grand, take a hundred thousand uh, or take five hundred thousand dollars uh, out and then put it into the market, buy the stocks, drive the price up yourself and then exit as people pile on because you could effectively not with a few uh with if, if it wasn't a futures contract and you were actually purchasing the stock you could go to ipb with five grand and turn it into five hundred thousand dollars. dude a guy in adelaide did this did this how he uh, he he would um 
he would buy contracts for difference on stocks and then he would pump money in to fucking uh, force the underlying price and arbitrage. <laughs> he went to jail. He went to jail for well, it's it. It's market manipulation because he was moving the price. with. He wasn't buying for the intention of investing in the asset. He was buying with the intention yeah. of moving the price, which is not, you're not allowed to do. I don't think anyone realizes well, So that's this. the difference, really. So he, he, bought it, he bought it purely for the intent to trigger his contracts for differences <laughs> in another platform. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the difference really, right, isn't it? So that, that you've got uh, – you can have 100x leverage because it's not affecting the value of the asset and it isn't market manipulation. But it's to be honest with you, man, like the, co- the contract for difference have sprung up recently or not that recently, but I haven't – you know, it's like margin or futures or options or whatever. Do you know I haven't actually mm. operated an account, so the mechanics of exactly it. Do you know what I mean? I would have yeah, sure. I would have had to trade it a bit. Like I do know what it is on a high level, but yeah, sure. do you know the actual mechanisms of what their leverage and requirements and liquidity and this shit, I don't have a fucking account to. So I don't know how strict they are or what exactly it was. All I mentioned was that a guy had gone from 2000, 2000 <laughs> future to a 900k loss. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that fucking happened. I, I don't understand what the point if you're a broker, why you would let that happen. Look, yeah, I'm reading an article here. I found one guy, rookie trader kills himself after seeing a negative return balance of more than $700,000 in his Robinhood account. That's the Robinhood guy, and he, he killed himself. But um, uh, the, it, was, there was, it was a mistake. There was an error. Oh, if no. you keep reading, there was an error <laughs> on that. Thing. What a fuck, man. What a nightmare. That's so bad. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Dude, that's what I always found. I, f- I found so bad about uh, crashes. Mm. 1929. Was it 1929, the crash? Yeah, 1929 crash. Mm, yeah. What I, because it rebounded, it would have been such a, a pitiful death because um, the, the broker jumps out the, the window. He thinks all's lost. Mm. Ten years later, it's all recovered. So his wife's just like, he's such a fucking reed. He's such an idiot. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Dude, it's like on the way down, you're looking through the windows and you're seeing the ticker green and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, dude. it's already coming back. I hope I bounce like this market well off the pavement. Imagine, <laughs> imagine his poor kids because it, it always had uh, extraordinary recovery. And, like, imagine that they would – they're one year old. Their dad killed themselves. At 20, they're trust fund babies. They're like, shit – Dad was worth $40 million. Why did he kill himself? He just needed to, like, he just needed to hold his position. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I always oh, thought, man. imagine if I did that, like I tap out and then um, Miso's like $350 and everyone's like, what a fuckhead. He would have been worth $120 million. We feel so bad that he buried himself during a slight dip during the early takeoff period. It's like yeah, basically, yeah. it's like being on a Jetstar flight that's delayed. The takeoff happens, you think you're going to crash, that so you take your own life in the bathrooms and it lands perfectly. Timmy, you haven't even hit the air yet. You're, you're taxiing and uh, there's a bit of wind, so you pull the emergency handle and you, <laughs> the inflatable comes out and you're dipping. You jump out and, and put yourself in a wheelchair. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, you kill yourself, you're not taking off, you hear a bump, so you... <laughs> You strangle yourself, you take like cyanide and die. And then they go, it was so weird, dude. We found a dead guy in the plane when we landed in Bali. 
It was only a 15-minute delay. He was such a such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the cab, as soon as the boom, boom, boom comes on, you're like, I'm out now. And it's like, we're serving drinks. <laughs> Dude, that would be a great documentary is to grab all the 1929 deaths and to look at their holding and look at what they're worth now and to realise it was a complete fuck up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh, dude, he owned fucking, he owned um, the beginning of whatever. I can't think of any entity back from 1929. Nintendo. Nintendo still exists since then. <laughs> Did Nintendo, were they around in 1929? Ma- Nintendo started in the 1800s manufacturing uh, tr- uh, cards. Like, dude, imagine uh, I think, I think that. Cards. The guy owned Nintendo. It crashed in 1929. <laughs> And during the Myri Barra's height, he would have been one of the richest men in the world. But instead, it had been liquidated off and given to the government. And he's a poor bastard. Dude, imagine going back then to a 1920s stockbroker and explaining a futures contract to them and going, like, this is what you can do with it. And they're going, what do you mean? You go, well, you take, it's not, like, you can buy, you can buy 50 times the amount of the stock. That's crazy. You go, no, no, no. No, you, it's an option to buy the stock. And they're like, what? And you go, yeah. And they go, what does that mean? And you go, well, basically, if you've got, if you've got a dollar, and they go, wow, a dollar, the most money ever. Yeah. <laughs> you go, yeah, that's right, 1920s guy. If you've got a dollar, you can borrow $50. And they go, wow, $50, a whole year's worth of the most money ever. And you go, yeah. And you can put it into a stock. And they go, but wouldn't that crash the economy? And you go, no, no, no. It's, the, it's a derivative of it. And they go, what does that mean? They go, it's like gambling on what you think the economy might do. They'd be like, that is... It's not going to end well. And we're like, yes, exactly. It, it didn't. Yeah. It was shocking. Yeah, yeah. And they go, what, what is fiat? And you go, well, <laughs> let me tell you, son. Do you know what the thing is? Like, that's what uh, Warren Buffett says the biggest risk in any company is their, their hedging positions where they've entered uh, foreign exchange contracts and contracts on these and they hedge their pr- pricing. And do you know what I mean? With a shock, that, that's not fully reflected on the balance sheet, but these fuckheads are gambling on the FX the whole time. A lot of businesses are mm. continually gambling on foreign exchange. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's, yeah, yeah, there's some treasurer yeah. that's going like, yeah, I think, you know, the Europe, I went there skiing. It's not what I thought it would be. Like the fucking, the Euro's crashing, cunt. Do you know? And he, he's, he's, he's doing a toy manufacturer business, but he's actually heavily leveraged into foreign exchange contracts. Trying to, you know what I mean? This often hits the bottom line, these fucking dodgy trades. <laughs> it's like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? You fucking, it's like a casino here, brother. But you know, how good would it be going back in time like the Almanac on the Al- Almanac, or you know, from Back to the Future 2, where he went back? You know, the DeLorean? Yeah, you know, when he went back and he had all the, the, the stats oh, of who Oh, the sports the Almanac. Al- Almanac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could do better than that. You wouldn't invest in shares. You would go um, to, say, like Bill Gates' parents' house and force him to give you 90% of the stock. You'd go, like, He's, he's a dodgy boy. I'm going to protect him. And he'd, he's, he'd be yelling, I've got something beautiful. And his parents would be like, shut up, you fucking nerd. We're selling it for two grand. Shut up, fucking nerd. We're selling the computer that we gave you for free to work on because we're rich. Because we're a rich family. We've sold 80% of your shitty little business because you haven't paid rent to this fat fuck. 
that that seems to be very modern that has a uh, an, a, a camera phone to 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 verify that it's been a legal document. You know what I mean? It's like you could you could fuck everyone's dreams. You you're in there. That'd be a good movie, dude. Fucking the dream, and you see Bill Gates, and he's end up just like working for a pig. Like me. But you don't have any money either then. So that's no good. What do you mean I don't have money? To, I'll make him generate if you, it. No, if you take if you take eighty percent of his business, then he's not he's you've deflated him. He's not working on it that's anymore. That's not you've, true. You've butterfly affected it. No, no, you've butterfly affected it. What you gotta do is you gotta do you gotta take that concept now, right? And you gotta take a, a like how how lower market cap can you have on the ASX? Like how low can it go? Well um Dude, they, they have like, I mean, it can go to 0. 0.001 cents. The, the market caps, I don't know at what price it fully caps out. Like you can have, I've seen stocks at 1.2 million. I've never seen lower than that. Oh, really? You can't go lower than that? I, do, I, I, do, I think they get delisted at some price, hey? Well, that's the thing, man, is you need a few million and then you can do effectively what you're talking about, but you can, you can fuck the dreams of people in today. To, Dude, in, in the I today think, and now. I think this is my belief that Bill Gates still would have made the computer because he was he was so passionate about it. He didn't do it for money, which is why I think you could buy all these entities. Because I don't uh, think I don't think Bill Gates was profit motivated. I think he would have always made the computer. I think you would. Yeah, I think so too. But I think you would have. Uh, you would have altered the course of history in a way that I I don't think that investment would have paid off. In the same way, you know what I mean. Like something, some, something horrible would have happened because of that, or you would have, uh, like, yeah, he would, he would have thought, oh well, th- this is ridiculous. Like my parents have finally convinced me. It would have been the thing that pushed him over the line. Be like, oh, my parents have finally convinced me, and I'm, and I'm going into, uh, uh, I'm going into retail. I think there's money selling televisions. Dude, that's what I'm interested in seeing is, is how much it was luck or not. So they have those uh, second lives. I would love to see. Do you know, given the same, like, the sliding doors, if you took it back, and you can often see it with the entrepreneur, like an Elon Musk, obviously multiple successes, but other people that mm-hmm. have the first one that's great and then the next business fails, do you know, and everything Lots else flops. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. surely that must be proof to their own ego, like the Nathan Tinkler of this world, that, that realised he was, he was basically a, a fucking uh, hillbilly lotto ticket winner. Like he really didn't know what he was doing, did he? <laughs> but even even, like even Zuckerberg uh, after Facebook, there was like uh, this other. He didn't they release some other thing called like Oink or some shit, some other social media platform. Um, where is it? Because he, he had uh, aside from the companies that he's purchased, Facebook has been the only success. There is that's it. He, he hit Facebook, which was great, and then after that. You've got Platform, Beacon, and Connect, which I've never heard of them. Uh, Internet.org project, uh, which I don't know. It, that was shut down in uh, 2016. And then after that, it's just a list of lawsuits. <laughs> Dude, and, and, and it's all from those twins that he stole the idea from because he's a charlatan. Yeah. <laughs> he, he basically, yeah. he stole that idea. They know that now, right? But he didn't steal shit of an idea. That's but that's the that's the McDonald's thing, though. That's the McDonald's thing because they like they came to him and they're like, "Can you build this for us?" And he was like, "All right." Oh, dude, and and the thing is, it's sort of like um, 
what did he invent? A community notice board online? I mean, like, realistically. Not even that, man. What he invented was uh, the, like, the Facebook that you get at universities which had everyone's pictures in them. And it was... it was Dude, it's a fucking yearbook. He made a yearbook online. It's a glorified hot or not list. <laughs> Dude. That's all it was. It's a hot or not list for Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> and then it grew out, man. Yeah, and then it grew out. And now everyone has one. It's crazy. And the hot or not functionality is barely even there anymore. So if anything, I thought the original product was a superior. I still want this bully.com that we spoke about in an earlier episode where you can um, rate other human beings and it's it's like LinkedIn. It, it remains. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Josh was such a fuck to me. You're the ex-girlfriend and you're able to post that <laughs> and you, you drop to a 4.3 star rating. And uh, as long as they can verify, you know, you've got to, con- you can contest it. But if they can show photos of you like together, they're like, no, nah, this is, she's valid, dude. She's a real person. She dated you. <laughs> Fuck you. You're 4.3 now, dickhead. You better fix it on the next girlfriend or you're going to eventually not be touchable. Don't you like this idea? What do you think your, uh, what do you think your star rating would actually be though? How, how, how many... Uh, five stars do you think you'd get compared what to... What I think would be so funny, and it's what I said at the last... When I mentioned it last time, would be the realisation that most people don't even get rated because they're so forgettable yes. that they would just keep checking their app and it would just be their mum on their 21st going, I love Stephen, he's so special. Like, that's the only rating. <laughs> right. Do you know? And then it would be Stephen ranking himself. I think the majority of people would get five-star ratings because it would become a, a community thing. Man... Everyone has a thousand Facebook friends, which is ridiculous because uh, I know that I personally don't talk to more than five people at a time. Uh, uh, but everyone still has a thousand Facebook friends. Uh, you, you just you'd only have five stars, uh, and then you, it would be it would be dangled uh, dangled above you like a like a uh, like a whipping stick, man. It would be like a, a what are those things called? A, a, a fletch? Is it a fletch? Is that what it's I don't called? know, mate. You pushed me into a lot of technical stuff today. The like a, a thin a thin I think it's a, a thin stick. It's called a, a fetch uh, for 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 whipping with. Um, it would be yeah, it would be dangled above you where you'd you'd uh, you'd be you'd be at work and some guy would wander in and he'd, uh, he'd go over to the fridge and get a coke and come up to the counter and go. Uh, just this, thanks. And you go, yeah, that'll be that'll be a buck fifty. He go, no, nah, it's a dollar. And you go, no, no, it's not, it's not, it's a dollar fifty. And then he go, it's a dollar, mate. And then he hold his phone up and just hover it over the one star oh, thing. And you go, dude. oh, if I get if I get one more one star rating, I'm dropping down. I'm dropping down into the three. And he'd be like, the customer's always right, but the thing is, what what the algorithm and what I would program in is you, your opinion would drop as your stars dropped. So this piece of shit is probably at a 2.3. So even if he gives you a zero, he's basically almost eliminated because we're like, no one cares because you're a fucking loser. Do you know what I mean? So like a, be- a, guy yeah. of, a guy on two couldn't really have any impact on the market because they'd be like, dude, the, 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 the scores are in. Everyone thinks you're a cunt. No one cares about your opinion. Fucking roll Man, over and die. Do you know die. what you've created? So, yeah. Do you know what you've created is the uh, is the social version of negative gearing. 
you created a microcosm of it, man. This is the problem. You're talking about you, uh, you, you get all the five stars you can, you farming out five stars to all your friends, and you're leveraging for all the five stars, and then you're a five star, and then you're worth more, and then all these other people, all these twos and threes, they're absolutely worthless. They mean nothing. It's it's uh, it's it's siphoning of the wealth, man. But with social Mate, credit, I actually thought about that. That's interesting on um, Uber on your ratings that. I would be interested to see that, say you're a three-star on Uber, that then you rate a, ba- a driver bad, surely they would factor that in and go, like, this guy's a problem. Like, he's got a personality problem. Like, they would definitely factor in, like, your one star when you're a three wouldn't have any merit on the system, surely. if uh, That would be a basic control that you would imagine that's in there. Do you think? Well, I know what they actually do is that if you drop below a certain uh, star uh, or Uber rating, you you don't get to be an Uber driver anymore. But what they should do is they should take the three stars, uh, the three star drivers, and match them up with the three star customers, and that should be it. So you're relegate instead of instead of dropping people off the app or banning them or making it so people can't drive, you put them in their own pool and they can only interact you, with each other. Do you know what I saw on uh, TikTok, which was a guy that goes like. I've got a loophole. He goes, Uber Eats. He goes, I've, I've um, made myself an Uber driver, but I only take my meals. I only do my orders. <laughs> and then, and then like, everyone was like, you're genius. And he goes, sometimes when I drive fast, I get a tip. But it's basically he pays money to Uber and then they pay him back and t- they've taken a clip of it. So he's like, do you know what I mean? It's, so he's just saving money on it's, the meals. It's the dumbest thing ever because it's $20 meal. $10 he pays, they give him $8 back. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? Like, but there were people on TikTok going like, that is incredible. A loophole. <laughs> I'm going to do that myself. And they would have... Like they figured out how to make infinite money. Dude, they, go, they would go and get their Indian for a few weeks and then go like, why is my bank balance struggling? Like, where's this money coming back? I'm doing so many trips. I'm doing all the McDonald's <laughs> trips. I'm doing so many See, meals. This is the thing, man. It's like the three-star with three-star pairing, right? It's like This already happens, you know what I mean? Like, you've had to move out of Netherlands, and now you're in a lower socioeconomic area. You're hanging with the three-stars, baby. That's all you got. You're going to a three-star school yeah. with your three-star kids and hanging out with other three-star families from their three-star houses, and you're stuck in there. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a self-regulating system, but we should do it. We should do it everywhere. Think about my loophole. Was I right? And I bet you they, they haven't thought of this, which is in Uber that a guy with three stars, his rating is still the same as a person with five. I- I'm sure it's weighted. Because the way they do it now is that they um, – uh, the, way, the way they do it now is that if you, if you drop below a certain star rating, they will, they, they will either deal with the driver and get rid of them uh, or contact the driver and try and figure out what's going on. Or if you're a customer, I think you can, you can get banned from Uber from if, you're, if your rating's low enough. They just won't give no, you... No, no, I wasn't talking um, about that. I was talking driving. about whether they rank your ratings of Yeah, but that's what else. I'm saying. They... they they already, I'm sure they already do that because, like, you have to maintain above a certain star rating to even be in the Uber ecosystem. Dude, do you know what you know what kills you the most is um, what I, I think I got blackout dry twice, and my my points <laughs> fell by almost like one point three, which is like I done like a thousand <laughs> what's rides. Your, what's your rating now? What's your rating now? But that meant that I must have basically 
almost got him to dig his own grave and then he eventually fought me off. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> how did I drop so much? I was like, I dropped one basis point from one ride. I'm like, that must have been one hellish trip for this guy. I'm 4.63 now. I used to be 4.89 or something or 4.8. Fuck, man. I think mine's... I don't, I don't, I don't take many Ubers at all, but mine is... Uh, I couldn't figure out why. Oh, mine's 4.81, baby, 4.81. Yours is good, but mine's paying it forward because when I get a bad one, then the psychology is like, well, I I often will give them a five-star just to laugh and think, <laughs> they're going to get this annoying fuck. <laughs> I, I'm like, because I'm such a, a rat in the ranks, I'm like, oh, I, I want them, I want someone else to have to deal with this fuckhead that won't shut up. Like, I'm going to put him at five. <laughs> I had this person get in touch with me. This was years ago. They got in touch and they, they're they like, oh, we're touring um, uh, for, it's like a promotional tour. This is the guy from right? Yeah. Um, to promote, uh, it was something weird too. Like it was a weird business. It didn't really make any sense. It was like a... Uh, I don't know if it was a strip club or something fucking strange. Um, uh, but they're, they're, like, we're bringing him out. Um, can he do? Can he do a spot at at this show? And I'm like, y- yeah, sure, I guess so. That's fine. Um, they wanted to come up and do five minutes. This is a completely complete unknown, right? Mm. Um, uh, we run the show, and they're nowhere to be seen. Uh, doesn't show up. The, his handler not there. No one's yeah. there. Um, we're running, running the thing. Uh, we get to the headliner, and this person comes up to the booth, and they're like, "We got, we got, um, we got." And I'm like, "Well, this is the end of the show." And they're like, "No, no, we need to get him on." I'm like, "No, it's the like this is the headliner," and um, they eventually like they're fucking losing their mind. They're going nuts. Uh, so I go, "All right, we'll put put them on at the end um, to do a little hello yeah. at the end." Uh, he gets up on stage after the headliner. Uh, and does five minutes and he's like, yeah, a rambling mess, man, completely incoherent, right? And I've had this big fucking fight with his handler who's like, no, we need to get him on. And I'm like, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I've been here for two hours. And they're like, no, we came earlier. I'm like, well, I've been here for the whole show. I've not seen you. Uh, and like, and I'm trying to also not turn this into a fucking, uh, like into a huge distraction during the show, like while the headline is on. So I just agree to it and I'm fucking fuming. Um, uh, and then that's, that's it all gone. Like he, he, Fuck, he bombed so fucking hard. So it's a, it's a sweet little victory for me. Dude, he was always going to bomb because, like, the headliners in Australia are, are A grade. Like, you can't just be – this is what I love. It's like the perfect setup. You're a TV star. Go and try follow Jax Barrett and fucking eat and realise who you truly are, you fucking dumb cunt. Don't you think? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the skill set that someone's built over 15 years versus having three – uh, video cameras follow you around a <laughs> like like you're not funny like you gotta be honest you threw a thong at a dustbin and then yelled like it's not it's not comedy absolutely yeah Ho- horrible uh terrible time o- like, obviously it's not paying off for anybody and then like i've got their card afterwards i'm trying to figure out like what the fuck man like what 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 is this weird thing that you've swung where you've got to come and promote your like your cupcake business or whatever and you're flying him up to the gold coast like i don't understand what the logic behind this is and then uh a couple of weeks later uh like obviously really on really bad terms with these fucking people after um, yeah. after this whole interaction 
um, a couple of weeks later, uh, I order sushi and I go to the door, Uber Eats, open the door and the uh, person delivering me the sushi is one of the handlers and her, her kid who works for her as well. And so they're delivering me a fucking sushi platter in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like in a dressing gown <laughs> and like back. opening the door and man like I I my face just completely dead I I think I did the best job of not reacting at all and they their eyes oh my god man so wide you could see them shrinking inside themselves it's this person that like a few days ago they're trying to like do business deals and yeah, we're yeah, handling yeah. with them and trying to like oh yeah we're no we might we're flowing them out it's big time big bloody money big business and then they're delivering my fucking sushi to Dude, me at 11 o'clock on a tuesday the only thing better would have been if it was i would have liked if it was <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that would have been great. And he goes, hey, if you want a personal greeting, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, man, it felt real good. Those moments are few and far between. Dude, you know what you need, you know what you need to do is say, hold there, let me go get you a tip, and then take like maybe four to five minutes and then come back with a handful of brown coins and go like, open your hand, little boy, and go like, this is for you. Go and get yourself something special. And it's, you know, 25 fucking one cent coins from a jar tipped in, tipped in. And, and he would coil it up and put it into his pants. Do you know what I mean? They would take it. It would be so fun. Of course they would, man. Of course they'd take it. Dude, I've got to go now. I've got to make a move. Yeah, I've got to go too. We've man, we've done. I think we've done it all, man. We pretty much started with picks of the week. Dude, do you know what the problem is? We've um, we uh, were too. It was too philosophical. This one. No, this was good. This is a finally a financial podcast. <laughs> Dude, I don't want any of this finance. You kept asking me about contracts for difference and I don't want to I don't want to do mechanical technical stuff. If people want to know about this shit, they should look it up. Like you, I, you don't you don't want to do you don't, is it because you don't know about it and you're because uh, anything I any question I asked you where you knew the answer you seem very eager to to flout your knowledge but as soon as I asked the mechanics for a con, uh, contract of difference you're very quiet all of a sudden and then I I saw the reflection of uh, of your monitor in your eyes and you heard you clacking away on the keyboard like dude, you were ferociously looking something up imagine oh it's, uh, it's a type of uh, options contract imagine on. imagine imagine if uh, that's how I answered. You you know, you can do text to voice and you hear contract for difference. <laughs> and I've done that on Google. And it goes, contract for difference is a buy, sell, spread, exchange. And it's like, uh, you know. <laughs> um, is there, are there any new, any, is there any new uh, call, call letters you got your eyes on? Well, dude, I've got so much fear. Like the whole time I've been talking to you, I've been watching IP, I've been looking at IPB and just thinking, mm. The way they dumped into this, like, fuck me, fuck. I'm just trying to work out whether I should have um, closed out my position um, in the early trade. I mean, obviously, that was ultimately has become the move, but I could have got out at five point fucking five cents. And now, but hold on, you, it's, you think it's you think it's going up? Yeah, but you know? I don't care because what I'm saying to you is they 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 achieved their purposes, right? They got it from five to five to four point three. I should have exited everyone on the opening flourish, 
and then buy it tomorrow the day after in the the bounce curve because it's like it was unabated selling but the problem with that swing trading right and uh i think the problem with uh, a margin sometimes as well is as soon as you exit the position um it's like it's like trying to jump back into uh to, for the skipping rope you're waiting for it to come round, and like you were in there before you're ducking and weaving and like you're trimming the margin you're you're fucking you're you're, you're you're selling out you're buying more you're having a good time and then as soon as you're out you're, you're standing on the on the edge going okay well 20 maybe no wait no it's going oh go down i don't and you don't know when the fuck to jump back in at least if you've got some skin in the game you're 100 you know the one that uh is so interesting is, is azure azure az yeah we've been watching that for a while so basically they they did their um they did their cap raise right at uh 74 cents and then they managed to spike it uh so if this shouldn't be investigated, they got it to 99 cents in trading mm. that first day. So so you get an announcement that they're diluting and they run the stock up from 85 to 99 cents. Now, no logic for this, right? Because their news is that we're diluting at 74. And then on open today, crashes back to 90. So what they effectively did is bait and switch retail investors to chase it against their own logic they got them hot and heavy under the collar they all bought 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 they've sold and they tanked it immediately the next day so they counterintuitively traded it but these again are things that uh asic should investigate whoever traded it on friday and then punched pumped it down on monday uh committed market manipulation they broke the law it's fucking there. It's in the chart. This is what I'm saying, man. These MDs, there's no... It's not Hanlon's razor. It's Wolfie's razor, okay? It's Wolfie's razor that it is not uh, incompetence. It is malice. And they are forced... Man, WGO, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm sure somewhere that um, whoever the fucking MD of WGO is, he is holding some kid uh hostage with a gun pointed to his head <laughs> making sure that that price doesn't go up he's got his foot on the neck of some fucking bank manager and he's drowning him in a bucket of oil somewhere and not letting it go up oh, man oh mate well this is the thing this is the thing because what you have to realize is there's no real logic that something just sits in a band when it's totally random like they, there's just it doesn't make sense when you look at charts and if there's big volume going through, like Miso used to do it all the time, that it sits at three dollars sixty all day, even though forty million dollars has gone through. It's just so random yeah. that every person, every buyer was met by a seller. It's it would make sense yeah. that for a few <laughs> periods at the lunch bar that there were more buyers than sellers. Like it doesn't add up that it can be so smooth. Like, it's not logical. Don't you think? Uh, yes. Yes, of course, man. Anyway, man, I'm going to make a move anyway. So that's it. Yeah, I'm going to go too. We're going to set up our app, right. dude. Remember, contract... Uh, let me read out what a contract for difference is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Contract <laughs> for murder. Oh, <laughs> A joke. <laughs> All right, get the fuck out of here. Fuck I'm going to send you the link. Dude, in finance, a contract for difference. <laughs> okay, I'm out. See you yep. later.
Oh, you didn't even finish it, you scumbag. All right, bye. Right, well, the joke was dead before I started it. I, I realised that. My gut told me that. <laughs>